0: The you step into my ready room, please, and we're gonna try calling Hi, Captain.
1: What do you make of this? I am puzzled, sir. The only detectable bioelectric symbols are your own. You did not tell me. I did not. Hello and welcome to the readier room. Only and longest running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week we are watching and then rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation in an attempt to bring you all of the behind the scenes stories behind every episode of that magic series. My name is Mitchell Mills Chief Consultant of Services of Paramount. With me is my partner, Brandon Hobbs, ex head of resources management. Brandon, how are we doing today? Um. Well, Mitch, I'm not sure if this is serendipitous or not or what, but uh, I seem to recall discussing with you about how we needed to milk uh, both episodes, you know, week by week mm. for uh, for this two-parter, mm. and uh, we ended up having to take a break. Well, this is a day two oh, weeks in the making, mm-hmm. so uh, today we're, we're talking about um, the best of both worlds, part one and two. Now, great. Yeah, I was thinking that we should have done a two-parter. After the first episode, so we would do the best of both worlds, part two, and then the episode after that. You know, um, just as a a, a more it, it really dramatic be considered a trilogy. Yes, well, with Picard's uh, ornery brother really heightening right. the drama uh-huh. of <laughs> or- a ornery invasion. is invasion. A good word is so the thing about and I don't want to get too into Star Trek just yet. I just don't want to get too into Star Trek. But the best of both worlds was released as like a like a film. Yeah, somewhat recently. Um, yeah, on Blu-ray I think, and I'm wondering if if that episode is included as like an epilogue or something. Well, I'm gonna say no because it doesn't have any exciting space battles.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but that it actually was in theaters, I believe that had a maybe a one day theatrical release. Wow, really? Yeah, which. I uh don't want to smell that room. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is going to see that? Oh babe, it's uh it's best of both worlds night. Let's go <laughs> let's go out to dinner and see a movie. <laughs> a bunch of people pretending to shake in a in a, a, a terrible bridge set. <laughs> you know, a good I would say 40% of the audience was in uh, Star Trek uniforms. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Do you think they get in the minor scuffles about who gets to be the captain? <laughs> I am in charge here. <laughs> well, I mean, I can imagine there were several disparate groups there, and you know, they all had their own captain. Um, some of whom were probably the same character. It's kind of like that episode where Worf goes through the parallel universes and they all converge is, at the end. This is your favorite episode. This is, you relate everything to this Worf episode. It's because it covers so much ground. <laughs> <laughs> Life relates to that episode. Oh my goodness. I think that's the one where at the end, one of the Enterprises is like, it's captained by a uh, desperate Riker who who communes with R Enterprise and is like, In our universe, the Borg have won. You know, there's no Federation left. We're not going to let you reseal the timelines and start suicide bombing all the other enterprises. (laughs) Is that actually what happens? That's actually what happens. Why do I... I don't remember this at all. It's not a huge plot point, despite sounding like one. Um, It's just more of a... uh, more of that wacky... What types of parallel universes can we show? How about one where Riker's fucking deranged? Yeah. Does he have a... Does he have, like, a... Shitty, like, porno mustache? No, that's the thing. I was actually about to comment on this. Um, With parallel universes, everybody's always like, Wow, what if our hands were fish? Or, you know, what if... um, A federation was evil, parallel universe. But nobody's ever like, Oh, what if... Riker had blonde hair, or a mustache. <laughs> well, you know, it's that's it's true, you know, considering the Mirror Universe, where everyone suddenly has a an evil little mustache and a beard. The Mirror Universe is something that wore out its welcome extremely quickly. Yeah, but I'll keep bringing it up. I imagine it was quaint in, in the original series, and... Probably the one, the first time they did it in Deep Space Nine as a throwback, whatever. But the next four times they did it on Deep Space Nine, <laughs> forget about it. Yeah, they they really loved they really loved the Mirror Universe for for whatever reason. Oh yeah, it's a universe where everyone hates each other and wants to kill each other. That's where I want to spend my time. That sounds like a real good watch. Uh, I loved this episode where Bashir was just you know conscripted into slave labor for half of it. <laughs> that was fun. i'll I'll just i'll go watch the hunger games or something yeah (laughs) maybe put a bullet through my head was that jennifer gardner (laughs) yeah jennifer (laughs) 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 Gardner would have been a fucking million times better that's for sure uh so speaking of movies i've been watching movies recently it's a new hobby of mine Mm -hmm. well you should you should specify you're actually watching talkies yeah, it's true. That's true. that's true. Uh they're in colored as well. Um I've for some reason restricted myself to Tom Hanks joints. Awful. This awful, pa- awful, this, pa- awful. this past week I've watched um Castaway, the Mr. Rogers film, and I'm halfway through saving Private Ryan. They haven't saved him yet, but I got a good feeling about it. <laughs> halfway saving private ryan it's paused on my television right now (laughs) wow you're in control of when he gets to be saved that's if if he gets to be saved (laughs) i've actually never seen saving private ryan oh it's pretty good i watched it maybe 15 20 15 years ago a long time mm -hmm. um so this is the first time i've seen it in quite a while but it's uh it's a spielberg venture so it looks good if nothing else but obviously the rest of it's there too um really makes me yearn for the days of uh call of duty 2 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and call of duty that was something else huh but it's it is the dark times the dark times but it is funny how clearly and obviously that game apes from from this oh really just a lot of not just this obviously the set piece pieces and both are based on real events but (laughs) the... <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're starting to talk about set pieces. I'm like, you know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. But the way that the presentation of both, like the way that uh, the game handles, um, I don't know, explosions or violence, um, the the sound right. effects, um, like kind of that everything's silent. Then like a ringing gets gradually louder post explosion and then audio returns um, right. is an effect that's done in this. And it's done exactly the same in the game uh, The like uh, some of the iconography for example in the beginning of Saving Private Ryan uh, there's an, uh, a guy who gets his arm blown off and he kind of like stands up and walks around and picks up his arm and kind of hobbles off in like a it shell shock it. You, you know sticks it back on gets back in the fight um, but it's, it's like this, this shell shock thing and that exact sequence of events plays out in the game as well um, so not just... You You remember way too much of this game. <sighs> An elephant never forgets. <sighs> I remember thinking that was the most realistic looking thing. Well, at the time. Ever made. But the thing uh, yeah, is... I, I guess, I guess maybe it was. You watch, um, you play Call of Duty again, and it's like, oh, these graphics, whatever. But watching Saving Private Ryan again, the special effects have not aged a bit. Um, yeah. It's all practical, and it all looks fantastic. Um, and you know, the they're, pl- they're really killing people. Yeah, you know, they're, they're just Germans, so you know, whatever. <laughs> but the the writing and the characters and the performances are all great as well. Now, um, I just hope that they save Castaway. him in the end. Castaway <laughs> fucking sucked. Like, good lord, um, it's, it, I th- it's. I thought you loved when people scream Wilson. I mean, I do, and that was the best part of the movie, but the it's insulting that they felt the need to append the latter 30 and the former 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, you start with him on that airplane, maybe add, like, a phone call to establish some characterization, and then the plane crashes and you got a movie, right? Mm-hmm. The, the shit. There's a really great shot of him lying on the raft at the very end of that sequence, um, toward when he's getting rescued, and the ship just like gradually pulls into view from the side in like a really long shot, um, and it's like great—he's rescued. I got it. Yes, yes. And it's, then you're right. And then you look Uh-oh. at the runtime, and it's like, oh, there's still <laughs> a third of the film. If the movie had just ended when he's rescued, that's really—it's that's the story. That's the point of the movie, right? Um, I I don't I honestly don't remember what happens in the latter third, but I do remember being in in that exact situation, being like, "What the fuck did they possibly do?" So he goes. I, home. I remember him like driving around and shit. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. He goes home, and he has like a party with his uh, old coworkers and friends, and he feels really alienated from them because he can't really re- ingratiate in society. Um, and he's like, "Oh, the- how long was he on the island?" Four years. Which, oh, I guess that is a long time. It is a long time, but it's right at the border of where... It really I, is, where it's I, like, you know, yeah. you get rescued, and it's like, well, that, that that's over. Right. You know? Like, right. there wasn't really anything traumatizing that happened to him. No. Um, but anyway, he's he pines for his fiancée, who um, is struggling seeing him. He drives to her house, and they, like, reunite. They have a long talk. And basically, they both reach the conclusion that because she had a family in the meantime that they can't rekindle what they had and uh then he leaves because of course right and there's it's like kind of just misery porn it is um but it it ends on the most insultingly saccharine note because throughout <laughs> the entirety of his stay on the island um FedEx packages were like washing on the shore cuz he went down in a cargo ship and mm-hmm. um he works for FedEx so he, there, he's like opening the packages to get materials to use, but for some um, reason, he, there's one thing, one package that he would not open. And he doesn't really explain why. It's not really important, but it does feel kind of arbitrary. And uh, at the end of the film, he goes to deliver that package, having brought it back, and brought it with him on his raft. And uh, he the person's not even home when he goes to deliver it. He writes a note. It's like, oh, this package saved my life. And just leaves it there. And uh, then he is deciding where to go next because he pulls up to a literal crossroad, like in the, in, the, in rural Texas, and is just standing at the crossroad in, with his car looking at a map. Like, where do I go? Where do I go next? And someone comes up to him and is like, oh, you look lost. Do you know where you're going? And he's like, I was just thinking about that. And then she drives off and then he looks off into the distance, seemingly having chosen a course for his life and like hopeful music swells and it's just (laughs) it's so stupid i could i could have at least stomached it if they had kind of stuck the landing on oh man this guy's been through so much he goes back and he can't get back with the the woman he's been thinking about for four years and it just kind of ends on Mm -hmm. a sour note i don't think that would have been better than just ending it at the aisle at the rescue but that at least would have been consistent But with this, it's like, I don't even know what they were going for. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's also something that you can easily extrapolate. You're stuck on an island for four years. Everyone in your life has already moved on because they think you're dead. Of course. You know that. You know, I don't need to go and see some guy get cucked after I've watched him the whole movie trying to survive on an island. You know, let's just have him get rescued, pretend everything's going to be fine. I mean, who, 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 is this trying to make some kind of point? Like, oh, be nice to people who survived on deserted islands for four years. They they, they haven't, they can't readjust to, to society easily. There's some dialogue in the latter third of the film where he's talking to his friend. And he said that at some point he tried to kill himself, but the mechanism that he was using to do that failed. And he's like, at that moment, I knew I just had to survive till the next day because the sun was going to rise. And... Um, yeah, it's... Always- and I I, 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 like you're not watching. Pe- you're not watching like your friends being killed, right? Mm. You're not like being like potentially blown up in the middle of a like. Where is the trauma here? I don't know. What yeah. I would, what, uh, what I would have enjoyed, I think, is to make two changes to the film, maybe three. Um, one, make the time on the island longer, maybe like ten years. Two. Um, have it ends when he's getting rescued but three as he's getting rescued have him um, like you know he's kind of happy you know it's of course it's a hopeful moment but there's some sign of the development of the world either technologically or socially um, mm-hmm. over that period that he's just kind of like confounded <laughs> by He says the N-word and everyone kind of like rubbernecks. (laughs) Something like, I don't know, like a cell phone or something that is just far beyond how technology was when he left. Just kind of ending on this note of like, yeah, I'm rescued, but um, the world isn't really how I left it. And I have mixed feelings about that. Um, Sure. And then it ends. Yeah. That would have been, I don't know, I'm not going to say it was smart came up with that in a second but it would have been better than, than what we got which also led to the film kind of feeling overly long too like the length was sure. also problematic um, anyway the Mr. Rogers movie wasn't as bad as you might have an image of it for being um, you haven't seen this uh, one right? I, I haven't thought about it at all well you kind of um, retched as I mentioned it did I? you did you remember you said rich, than rich, subconscious. rich. Um, but it's a it's a good movie. It's just I a bad Mister Rogers movie. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know why they chose to adapt this story. Um, because Mister Rogers is such a um, uh, magnetic character, person that. You're, you want him naturally to be the focus of whatever is occurring. Um, sure. And he, not only is he magnetic, but there's such a, a nostalgia behind him that people are going to want Mr. Rogers. It, it's the, Tom Hanks has top billing, despite being the supporting actor in the film. It's not a Mr. Rogers story. It's not about him. Wait, what is it about? There's a journalist that is assigned to do a, um, uh, an article on Mr. Rogers, oh, and gosh. it's his story of like his complications with his father and learning to forgive his father oh, and God. learning to be a father, uh, while getting some kind of incidental mentoring from Mr. Rogers over the course of interviewing him. This is this is like something you would do with like a, a movie about a serial killer, <laughs> yeah. where the, the journalist is the main character. Well, it's 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 kind of got that <laughs> silence of the lambs thing where you have Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, who is you know giving such a great performance with such an intriguing character that you just want more yeah. of it. Um, right. But at at the very least, there's a compelling uh, you know crime drama going on behind that that's still enticing. With this. You enjoy a lot of the Mr. Rogers stuff, but the drama of the journalist and his family isn't really that engaging, despite a good performance from that actor, um, that you're just kind of asking, well, where's Mr. Rogers whenever he's not on screen? Um, it's, it's, why, 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 why does his journalist's children hate him so much? Oh, it's just child's like a one-year-old. It's more about making time. Oh, I gotta work. I gotta go to Pittsburgh, oh, okay. to interview Mr. Rogers. I can't, I can't stay home with the kid. And, um, his wife's I like... See, it's probably half the reason it's not at all engaging, too, because it's like, well, you know, the kid has no, uh, no concept of this. Right. I do not but, give a shit. But his relationship with his father is more of the focus than his relationship with his kid. Oh, okay. Um, because he's, like, estranged from his father, and they get into a fist fight early on in the film. But the point is that it's not bad, but it, it really, it... it Its focus is stolen by the performance of Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. And I don't think you really... I don't think you could have written this movie maintaining that focus on the journalist in a way that doesn't fall victim to this problem. Eh, maybe. It's the... The audience is just so primed to see this movie with the express purpose of seeing Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Right. Nobody is coming in here for a plot that does not really involve Mr. Rogers. What would a a Mr. Rogers movie look like to you? Well, that's the thing. I don't think that you could really have a satisfying drama character arc for Mr. Rogers because he is somebody in his life that has always been so consistent and... um, so right, yeah. so mindful, you know. It, you you can't show Mister Rogers struggling because seemingly he just um, <laughs> hasn't. <laughs> now, obviously, and Mister Rogers uh, says this a lot. You know, he's 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 human like everybody else, but he's he he still deals with his own uh, anguish and and problems with. It, is such a graceful way that it doesn't really make for compelling yeah, drama. Like he's, he's never he's never doing like lines of coke out of a prostitute's ass crack. That's right. So I don't I really think that the the correct move was just to not make a movie. They should have made a a, a Joe Negri movie. What's that mean? You know Joe Negri from Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Is that Mister McFeely? And, and, no, no, it's Joe Negri. Who? Who? Joe Neg, he's an actual guitarist. Oh, I gotta Google this. How do you not remember Joe Negri? Did he just, like, play guitar on the show? I don't know, his name is just funny to me. Yeah, I know. I know, honey. (laughs) There's a scene where Mr. Rogers and his wife are playing dueling pianos. And, um, it was very endearing to me. But, Mr. Rogers... This, this, this whole movie sounds so stupid. I mean, it kind of is. It's it's very schmaltzy, um, but it's it's kind of like Mr. Rogers in a sense. Like, it's schmaltzy, but it's also too sincere to to find fault with okay yeah sure and and like i said hanks does give a really good endearing performance so whatever i'll allow it i I enjoyed that part of the movie very much and it is a sizable part of the movie it's just not the focus what was that movie um what's what's that shitty book that all the postmodern millennials liked like 30 years ago house of leaves no. Oh, damn. I really thought I had it. The guy killed himself. Uh, Fight Club? Oh, I, the guy wore Fight Club and kill himself. Whatever. I wish he did. Um, Infinite Jest. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> do, you, do you remember they made a movie? They made a pretty movie? Pretty much like this. They no. made a movie about a journalist who went and interviewed that guy or whatever. And, um, God, I can't remember who played him. Wait, I mean, wasn't this like Vanilla Sky? Huh? Well, uh, hold on. Uh, maybe I'm uh, very off base. Excuse me while I Vanilla Sky. Nice. Thank you. Um, I googled Infinite Jest movie, and obviously it's not like a direct movie, but still, nothing's coming up. David, David Foster, Foster Wallace. Yeah. Wallers Wall- The Wall- end of tour. <clears throat> the end of the tour. Yeah, I have never heard of this. It's a movie. Jason Siegel, that's it. Jason Siegel, yeah. And yeah, the journalist is fucking Jesse Eisenberg. He played Lex Luthor. He did. Astounding. That's, that's, every time I see him, that's what I think. I'm like, there's Lex Luthor. Do you think his wife thinks the same thing? <laughs> Does he have a wife? I don't know, Maybe. Maybe so, maybe not. Yeah, why do you? I I, I, I am so conflicted where I don't want to come off as anti-intellectual, but I'm pretty anti-intellectual in that I I can't stand people. How do I phrase this delicately? I can't stand people who read books. (laughs) I don't know. Like, reading's great. Um, there's a lot of great books, but I just know so many people who are like, "Oh, what what have you been reading recently?" And I'm like, oh, "I don't read very much, or I don't read very often." And oh yeah, yeah there's it, always that like hanging in the air. There's that like, "Oh, mm, mm. what are you stupid?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's also like you know the reason people used to read is because there's fucking nothing else to do. Hmm. It's it's objectively one of the least stimulating forms of entertainment. That's for sure. I mean, that's that's usually why, if I'm going to read, it's probably going to be nonfiction Because that's, like... I mean, if, if, if I'm going to read prose, I'll just watch a movie or something. But right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, all these things have value, but reading films, they're all just ways of communicating um, information. And the quality of that information doesn't really intrinsically change by the medium. Um, sure. So it's like... If if you, in your free time, engage with art in some way and think critically about it, then that's fine. Now, I'm not going to judge somebody who doesn't watch any movies because they're using that time to read books. And I'm not going to judge somebody who's not reading books because they're using that time to listen to music. Right. Um, now, I will judge somebody no matter what they're doing if they do it extremely passively or uncritically. Sure, sure. Which you you know, you know when we discuss those people like like you were talking about who uh, kind of unsolicited ask you what books you're reading. You know, a good percentage of them are doing that passively. Right, right. It's like oh, I just read Infinite Jest for the <laughs> for the fifth time. It's like, great. What does it mean? What? Or like you know anything in the. The literary canon really it's like oh well you know people people miss the point of like all of these books what's your favorite book i'm oh, a bit of a ulysses guy <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of uh infinite jest my favorite book is whatever i was forced to read in high school favorite book is uh the adventures of huck finn because they say the n-word a lot Mm. Well, see, that's that now you're quoting me. <laughs> yeah, sorry to take you down live on the podcast. The uh I've been seeing a lot of in terms of sci-fi since this is ostensibly a sci-fi podcast. I see a lot of people recently who uh won't shut the fuck up about Hyperion. Have you seen this? No, I I am only vaguely familiar with the, what Hyperion even is yeah it's it's like it's a book about it's like a oh uh, it's a book by JK Simmons <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no it's uh it's it's got like it's like a canterbury tales type thing it's like like an uh, anthology seven, se- yeah 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 and it's about like seven pilgrims that go to this planet um because they want their wish granted by this giant uh time leaping cyborg thing with spikes all over its body that kills everyone <laughs> that um, sounds like sci-fi to me <laughs> and it's good. It's good. But, like, the way people bring it up, it's like, this is the only sci-fi novel you've ever read in your life. getting big <laughs> you know Hyperion I mean? vibes from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the boss baby thing. <laughs> <clears throat> and I've been seeing it a lot recently. I don't know why. Because, like, back when I read it, you know, which was back, like, when it, when it came out, um, no one was talking about it. I mean, you'd you'd see it in, like, you know... Pockets of like sci-fi fans here and there, but I feel like I feel like I you know I, I go on like forums nowadays, and it's like it's the only sci-fi besides that, and like Isaac Asimov, the, the only two uh, sci-fi, and I I guess I guess the the Blade Runner guy. What's his name? It's, it's just it's just a... I forget. <sighs> wow, what does the I stand for? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um No, Philip K Dick. Philip K Dick. Wow, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> so, on the subject of sci-fi, do you know what I've been doing recently? Watching Tom Hanks films. Yes, but also um I have been reading the episode plot synopses of episodes of The Twilight Zone. on wikipedia (laughs)
0: what
1: have you been reading lately (laughs) (laughs) uh you know i I, uh read in my free time why not just watch them it's a good question i don't have an answer i don't know if the twilight zone is it's got to be streaming somewhere but i haven't checked it should be uh... (laughs) Yeah, you should watch uh, uh jordan peele's twilight zone where every episode is just about how uh, evil white people are i did read some of the plot synopses of those and apparently one episode is just this one uh i think it's a black guy just keeps getting hassled by a an otherworldly police officer oh no oh, i'm going insane it's like the his wife or girlfriend or something has a device that can uh reverse time Mm. so they get stopped and hassled here versus time. She's like, "Oh, take this next exit instead." He still stops them again. It's like keeps going that's, backwards that's up the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds that sounds unintentionally hilarious. I mean, it might be intentionally hilarious. It might be. It might be, but that is so funny. <laughs> so what's what's your favorite Twilight Zone synopsis? Um, I like the one With the kid that has, like, godly psychic powers and controls the universe and makes everybody live in fear. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? No, I I never watched The Twilight Zone. Oh, well, despite the name, you can watch it at any time of day. Um, but... Yeah, it's pretty cool, because, like, the idea is, uh... He wants... he enforces that everybody in the town is, like happy all the time, and you can read their minds. Yeah, you know what? there is was a, a, an adaptation of this in the Justice League animated cartoon. There was, well, that's insane. There was also an adaptation of it in the Twilight Zone movie, huh. which was just a bunch of uh, vignettes from the show, I guess, strung together, re- redirected, readapted. I feel like this has been used a lot. I, I, like, didn't Star Trek do this? I don't like, think The so. original series? Uh, you know me. I haven't seen that bullshit. But, I mean, that would be right around the same time. You know, Bill got his start. I don't know if he got a start, but he was on Twilight Zone before he was on Star Trek. Mm. That's Bill Shatner, if anybody doesn't know. <laughs> Still alive and kicking. I cannot believe that guy is 90 years old. I don't think he can either. Dude, it's... He, he, he has to be, like, eating infants or something. Well, he is Jewish. Wait, what? The you old know, rabbis suck the blood out of the circumcised penis. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's a it's a real thing for for a certain sex, and then and then then they uh they sell the foreskins to to Japanese, um, beauty companies. How high does this go? <laughs> Along alongside the placenta, I'm actually having some placenta for lunch later. Hmm. That freaked me out the first time I ran into that. I mean, it was, I remember, it was a party.
0: <laughs>
1: I I remember your reaction. The waiter came around, not the waiter, the you know the staff with a plate of hors d'oeuvres. And it was some placenta on, you know, some nice bread, a baguette. Mm-hmm. You picked mm-hmm. it up and you ate it. And you're like, wow, what is this? And uh, I forget the French name of it, but it was like... Placenta a la... a la... a la what? Well, whatever, a la something. And uh, once we got the translation in, you just started vomiting. Really (laughs) ruined the party. Well, sorry for being a prude. Well, I mean, we all take those first steps at some point. So what have you moved on to eating? Um, you mean since Placenta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's the next step? Oh, yeah. the the cord, the umbilical cord. <laughs> it's just like a t- it it's like a turkey neck. <laughs> that you knowing you, you would probably enjoy umbilical cord. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just just bread it and fry it, in little chunks. Is this they're chewing away? Is this a shot at me enjoying nankotsu? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. There's no bone in the umbilical cord. There's no cartilage. I feel like like it would be equally as chewy. This is a Star Trek podcast, sir. Uh, (laughs) Wow, very, very quick. Very quick with your word association. Let's just keep doing word association with no context at all. All Alright, I'll start. Iron. (laughs) No, I don't mean that. (laughs) Oh, boy. You want to know a secret? Uh, yeah, sure. I have been in intense pain for the last 20 minutes. Oh my god. Really? What my... is it? Your tummy? No, that's not my tummy. My eyes are so fucking dry. I've just been, like, pushing my palms into them, hoping the pressure yeah. alleviates the pain. So yeah. I'm really excited for the next 90 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> you know, we can we can stop it for, for a minute. Well, we're gonna, we always take a break before we get into the track proper. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we 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 still have yeah another half hour, Willa. Yeah. So I'm. Really... You did still haven't gotten eyedrops? No, I still haven't gotten eyedrops. I don't You're know what. I don't know why I haven't. I think I. Okay, I actually do know. This problem only afflicts me while I'm at home, and mm. when I'm out and about, I'm fine. So it's not on my mind to go grab eyedrops. Maybe you need like a humidifier or something. Maybe. Maybe... Oh, my God. Uh, Does my air conditioner... Looking at... Like, opening my eyes to look at the remote on my air conditioner is killing me. Oh, God. Um, Whatever. I can't run it during the podcast anyway. It would just get picked up. So, this is a new portion of the show that I like to (laughs) call Hell. This is some quality content. (laughs) Hell yeah, it is. Oh my god, it's real, unedited. Uh, I'm now lying back with my eyes closed, so don't pull a prank on me because I can't see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't fall asleep. Well, I am like uh, like an animal. Once I close my eyes, I assume it's time to sleep. Oh, here's something. I've been really into these cow hoof videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made me watch a couple of them. I didn't make you. They're, they're really gross. I mean, I th- I don't get that at all. To be honest with you. At what point though does it start hurting the cow? Well, imagine uh, you you've I mean, a cow w- does not feel anything. Well, they're animals. They don't feel anything. That's why we that's why we can eat them. That's why, that's why we can torture them. <laughs> so imagine having like a very long fingernail growing out of your hand. You know, you, you'll you feel pressure of somebody like... Like a tree man. Yes. You'll, you'll feel pressure of somebody clipping it, but it won't hurt you. Not until they get to like the cuticle and then to the, you know, yeah, flesh underneath. So. He cuts it dangerously close though, doesn't he? He does, but I think he knows where... Weird stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess he would know, but a lo- I just—I'm just sitting there waiting for him to make a mistake. I don't think he's—he would upload that video. No. <laughs> oh, uh, here's the one where I fucking murdered the cow. Sorry. I have seen him draw blood, though. I think. <sighs> like on a canvas. Yes. Yep. Drawing blood. So he has, but a lot of the videos that are uploaded are like the cow has an infection or an abscess that goes into the hoof. Where it's like, you. I have to cut deeper, or it's the abscess is in, has infiltrated the oh, hoof. yeah, I suppose so, yeah. So, blood is a natural result of that, I imagine. Being a cow must suck. Yeah, but at least you're not cognizant of it. <laughs> weren't, weren't they uh, talking about giving cows, like, uh, VR headsets? Yeah. <laughs> Literally... Not literally, but uh, similar to The Matrix. (laughs) Literally The Matrix. I had to stop stop myself. He wakes up and he's a fucking cow. (laughs) (laughs) Now that would be a film. That's a great idea. (laughs) You wake up and you realize, oh, I'm a dumb animal. Your time in The Matrix has taught you intelligence. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> now you can rebel, right? Cast off your shackles, moo. <laughs> <laughs> you become a bipedal cow and make some cow tools. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you 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 know how to speak to my heart with your cow tools. It's so funny to me that guy. Didn't that guy like get like death threats for that comic? For tools, yeah. It's yeah. just a lot of... Ranging from innocuous befuddlement to deranged uh, <laughs> anger. Like, someone was so mad that they didn't get it. <laughs> they just want to kill the artist. Guy who hinges his self-image of his intelligence on his ability to parse the far side. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, What else is going on? I've, I've, for some reason, I, I went down a rabbit hole of watching old, like, 77 uh, Star Wars interviews. Well, before that, just really quick, I noticed that um, George Lucas was nominated for an Oscar for the first Star Wars film for Best Director. Seriously? Yeah. It feels like one of those... This, uh, this film itself is so popular that we'll just not give it a bunch of nominations wherever kind of thing right right i mean th- there's there's a million other places where that uh that award should have gone um or, or nomination. rather you didn't win the um nomination because what's there's nothing particularly spectacular about the direction of that movie not unless you like wipes yeah the wipes i do like wipes I could use some baby wipes right now to tape them to my eyes. Yeah, I'm sure that would help. Oh, Lord. I, those chemicals seeping in there. I mean, for a moment of respite, I would take that trade. <laughs> We're going to break, and I'm just going to go sit and stare into my shower head for five minutes. Well, you know what? We should probably We should probably break. No, I want to hear your story about the 77 <laughs> Star Wars interviews. Oh, no, I, I don't know. I was just fishing for, for topics to, to relieve you from your pain. I don't know. Carrie Fisher looks coked out the entire time. There's a reason for that. I don't know. Huh? There's a reason for that. It's because she's coked out all the time. Yes. Oh, my God. I still am angry at people pretending that they liked Carrie Fisher when she died. I know. It's bizarre. It's like, oh, my God, the most badass woman on the planet is now dead. It's like, what? They were really... That that was a Disney psyop for sure. I remember talking to some guy that I knew. We were drinking, and somehow Carrie Fisher came up. And he takes, like, a wistful swig of his drink and stares off into the distance because we were outside. He's like, man, Carrie Fisher, what a woman. What a fucking loser. You know what people thought about... When when they heard the name Carrie Fisher, Uh what people thought about before Disney purchased Star Wars was... Those photo shoots of her in that Star Wars bikini. Yes. That's it. That was what people thought when they heard the name Carrie Fisher. Now suddenly it's like she, she was basically a, a clone of Hillary Clinton. She was so strong. What the hell did she do after Star Wars? What did she do in Star Wars? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, she was clearly high the entire time. She banged Harrison Ford, I guess. Which I mean, it's like, respect. Right, sure, I mean that's that's fine. I'm I'm just fishing for things that she did, right? Other than exist,
0: <laughs> but yeah, you
1: well, know, not to get too red pilled here, but you know, it wouldn't be the first time that people have praised a woman for existing. <laughs> it certainly wouldn't. It's just very very weird to me that it's curious. Very... It's weird. To... It's it's weird to me that it's a woman who, <laughs> like the last time you saw her. 40 years ago she was cute and you know attractive and she got old and and then and then then suddenly you see her again and um yeah she's old and fat and she she sounds she sounds like a chain smoker and um without any context between those those two appearances you're suddenly like wow she's so fucking cool and with no what is what does she reappear in oh it's just star wars again she never developed a career beyond that <laughs> it's not like yeah. oh she became a Meryl Streep type who's just doing a bunch of great roles and is a great actress it's just, no no she's still alive so we can put her in Star Wars again right right well, let me let me look at her for, for, for a for. <sighs> I not, guess she was in some stuff I mean uh, sure she wasn't like destitute but like lots of it's mostly cameos right It's it's almost all cameos <laughs> My god. Some TV cameos, cameos. Herself, 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 herself. Herself, yep. Oh, here's one. Hooker. Ha! (laughs) I hardly know her.
0: Yeah, um...
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Now you got you got me like all oh, kind of you got me worked up now because I I hadn't really been thinking about this but but it it's... is nuts that that she just like somehow managed to sneak back into the zeitgeist just in time to die. Yeah, I could I could somewhat understand it if it was post death. You know, everybody likes to uh, I don't know publicly publicly grieve, but yeah, she was still alive. Yeah, well. I think, uh, I think we're going to take a break. We'll come back do our question of the week and talk about Star Trek. In the meantime, you can cool down about Carrie Fisher. I'm going to go fucking douse my eyes in cold water. <laughs> and uh, we'll see how long that takes until I come back. All right, good luck. All right, I'm going to run now because I'm in extreme fucking pain. No. We'll be back. And we're back with a very exciting development. I have... In the interim, I have bought eyedrops and try them out live on the show. Will they burn? Will they soothe? Who knows. Now, this is the first time I've ever used eyedrops, so I know that'll be fun. Ah! Ah! Uh, Alright, that's one. make uh, Make sure you hold your eyes open. What I'm doing? Oh, Jesus. It's a very strange sensation. Uh, this is like that. uh, This is like that lucky star bit. Yeah, yeah. Like the cigarettes? No. What am I thinking of? The cigarettes. Lucky strike. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to say it, then I will. Ah, oh, jeez. I mean, yeah. Uh, in the, in the in. Gosh, fuck. immediately I feel a little more relief. That's good. Thanks. And I keep just, <laughs> just dropping them in. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. So here today, ah, we're here to talk about uh, the best of both worlds. No, fuck. I have a question of the week. Ah, to do first. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Uh, so, to this week's question of the week comes from one Al Dente, who asks. Mm. Uh, let's see if I can read this. Hey, good morning Admirals. What do you think of the Gabba the ghoul? I'm a walking here. Mm, mm. Al That's a good question. Yeah. So what what do you think of the Ghoul? Well, you know, when I hear Ghoul, uh huh, w- what I think of is uh yeah, you know, it's not gonna dig it up you know, like that kind of thing. Right, right, right. And uh, is that a positive or a negative feeling? Well, you know. Gabagool. We're both accomplished Italians here. Yeah, we're both, you know, Guineas. You ever you ever go to New Guinea?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> An Italian guy goes to New Guinea and he's like, What the fuck is going on here? Paisano My Paisano. You ain't no know fucking Italians here. Uh, went to, I went to New Guinea one time. Worst lasagna of my life. <laughs> going going to New Guinea and asking to to speak to Papa. <laughs> Yo, where the fuck is Papa New Guinea? Get him over here. Get his ass out here right now. I could see that as a um a sequel to West Side Story, like the the Jets go to New Guinea to recruit. <laughs> Uh, we we need some extra muscle to take on those P.R.'s. <laughs> Roll up uh, in New Guinea. So what is uh, what is what is Gabagool actually? What, what's what's the um, the, the, what's the real word? That's a good a uh, good question. Gabagool. Let's Google this. Gabagool. Uh, well, th- that, and second, what, what even is it, like, in terms of actual real people terms? All right, so here's an article. What the hell is Gabagool, and why does Tony Soprano talk about it all the time? <laughs> <laughs> all right, hold on, hold on. I am doing some research live on the show. Um, the consequences of the Sopranos on on the Italian-American community in the United States has been tragic. All right. Formerly known as Capicola, Gabagool is by it. is by no means the most trendy or popular of the Italian cold cuts, but it is just on the mouth the most fun to say. It's really a okay. scholarly article. So it's it's some kind of cold cut, yeah. Okay. So uh, what do we think of the Gabagool? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it sounds like some some shitty like um, early twenty tens. Uh, horror film, like PG-13 horror film. Oh, like, don't like, don't like, think it, don't say don't, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Gabagool. The <laughs> Gabagool. The Gabagool. A cross between prosciutto and sausage. Gabagool. It sounds good. Yeah. I, I think positively I, I I of the Gabagool. Of yeah, yeah. It's a... or, it's, or it's like a Scooby-Doo monster. Yeah, like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Gabagool was Tony Soprano all along. <laughs> oh god. He wanted to kill these guys for his sanitation business. Would have gotten away with it, too. More for you meddling ah oh, God, these fucking eye drops. Still putting them in. You're still putting them in. Are they are, they are they still working? The eye drops will continue until morale improves. <laughs> but uh thank you for the question, Al. Um, it was one of the more insightful questions we've ever gotten here on the show. Uh, It certainly was. (laughs) If you're like Al, Al Dente, and you want to, uh, ask us a question to answer in the question of the week segment, you can email us at thereadyroom at gmail.com. That's with a capital T and two, capital R's. Or you can tweet at us at thereadyroom. Slide into the DMs and we'll answer your questions live on the show. All All right. right. Enough of that preamble Nonsense. As an aside, real quick, did you know that Carrie Fisher's half sister was in the Inspector Gadget movie? Which half of her? <laughs> her father. Ah, I see. I did not know that. Hmm. Neither did I. I looked it up while you were getting eye drops. But anyway, enough of that tomfoolery. <sighs> so, uh, the I... best of both worlds. Who did she play in the Inspector Gadget movie? Claw? We're not talking about the Inspector Gadget movie. <laughs> You brought it up. I'm talking about, <laughs> I, I just I, I said quick aside, not like let's delve into this for fifteen. minutes. Okay, you know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> when was the last time you saw the Inspector Gadget movie? I don't think I've ever seen the Inspector Gadget movie, but that's neither here nor there. Really, I found it disturbing. Why is but, that? Uh... I don't know, like, like the dog. It's uh, it's Matthew Broderick, right? I think, and yeah, the, the, there's a scene where they're like, where like the the bag like claw captures him and he like just starts slowly taking him apart,
0: <laughs>
1: which I found kind of, uh, I don't know, body it's horror, almost body horror-esque, mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, wait, best of both worlds. Finally, what do you want to start with, part one or part worlds. two? You don't need to make it Tarantino. <laughs> um, Non-linear. Just chop up both the episodes and throw all their scenes into a hat. Play scenes from a hat. <laughs> so. Um, do you want to talk about it, give our impressions on part one first, or just talk about it as a whole? We can probably just talk about it as a whole, right? Sure. Um, I mean, we can be be comprehensive and give our opinion on both. hmm. I liked it a lot, but I think it's at this point where you need to start... uh, I don't want to say suspending your disbelief, because it's not about it not being realistic, but um, you need to willingly give uh, concessions to Mm -hmm. the Borg costuming and makeup yeah because a lot of the episode works really well i like the writing i like the action um i like the new characters that they introduce but it, at several times you're kind of taken aback just by how silly the board look yeah yeah which we, we you know we did end up changing that too so mm. um obviously i think everyone everyone kind of thought that right Although, I don't think they ever really got appreciably that much better in terms of their aesthetic. No, no. It's... The whole idea of, like, mechanized organic beings is always going to come down to um, humans with metal sheets glued to their face. (laughs) Which, especially in hindsight, too, because, I mean, in the year 2022, the Borg feel very, like, analog. Right. That's that's kind of funny. They feel like they feel like an old printer, right? Or something. That's just not and... how technology works these days. No, 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 no. You would never find, and then, and then, you know, there's also the the issue of, they come from the far reaches of space, but they're all humans, right? Which has always bothered me. Voyager still has that problem. Yeah, I mean it's it's a retcon, but the Borg come from the same quadrant that Voyager set in, and the Voyager ship just. Oddly enough, runs into a lot of humans.
0: <laughs>
1: I I guess we're just everywhere. You know what? What uh, if, what no, if you, one day you want a brief aside? I'll give you a brief aside. <laughs> okay. On on the phrase, we're everywhere. Fucking fish fans and Grateful Dead fans say, We are everywhere in response to seeing somebody out and about who likes the same band that they do. Like, oh, we're everywhere as if it's some <laughs> underground movement and not acts bands that regularly sell out madison square fucking garden <laughs> it's like, it's like it's like a fucking um i don't know lizzo fan being like oh my god <laughs> we're everywhere wow
0: <laughs> anyway
1: some, some kid some kid goes to middle school and uh finds some other kid reading attack on titan <laughs> we're everywhere we're everywhere <laughs> Oh my god guys. You like uh, go to the grocery store, there's another guy wearing a um a New York Giants jersey. We're everywhere. <laughs> you uh you go to a restaurant, sit down, see a, a family of black people sit next to you. <laughs> They're everywhere. Well that's that's my aside. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good aside. Um okay, yeah, so Borg yeah, you do have to kind of suspend uh, or like you said give, give concessions yeah it's um, not quite a suspension of this belief but we know what we mean and that's what counts yeah but yeah, it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter if anyone <laughs> listening to this knows uh, people listen to this anyway um, <laughs> that's a really minor point to make because I think a lot of what a lot of the other stuff in the episode works. I don't think it works to the point where this is like my favorite episode which a lot of people hold it in that regard but i I mean this is this is i think a lot of people's jumping on point too Mm. because there is so much hype around it i think i think when you rob it from the the context of a cliffhanger right where you you have to wait to see the resolution it the story itself loses a lot of its punch it does um but i don't think that there's any glaring flaw that holds it back in my eyes it's just like a like a... No, it's 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 not like it is the gimmick, like like the episode is the gimmick, but the gimmick helps. Right, exactly. Um, because it is, you can imagine how shocking it was at the time. Obviously, working yeah. on the show, we're not exposed to it the same way the audience is, but it's not hard to imagine the, the reaction of an audience member in the 90s who's like, oh my god, you know, Riker's shooting at Picard? What? Picard? Yeah, sure. And it's, I mean... And it's, it's weird. I mean, like everything was really up in the air at that point. you know you, you, you don't know what's going on with actors, certain actors' contracts, right? You don't know where you know the writers want to take the show. So <clears throat> from an audience's perspective at the time, you, you could easily see an alternate history where um, either uh, Patrick Stewart leaves the show or maybe even just becomes a recurring villain or something.
0: You that would have been cool. I, I think that would have been really
1: cool. I think the best path is the one that they chose. I'm glad that he remained the captain. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because that that would have been a little gimmicky. But it would have been really cool if they did like a whole season of him being Lacutus. Yeah, I mean, I just like um, I like continuity and I like consequences. Yeah, and you, you you can't disrupt the entire status quo of a show really more than once, actually. Um so it's not I'm not saying that that needed to happen but I agree it would have been very cool very cool at least novel yeah yeah uh and then and then you have him come back and then you have all the trauma stuff and because it's like th- that's another thing that maybe doesn't quite hit as hard as as it should when you're watching these you know back to back to back where it's mm-hmm. like Jean-Luc Picard was locutus for like what 12 hours right it's uh um... you know I mean <laughs> Th- it's, and it's like, yeah, he did aid in the killing of a bunch of people, but it's like it's not his fault. The um, the following episode would have gained more had there been a longer time. Now, we haven't gotten to it yet, yeah. but the the second episode of season four is uh where Picard processes a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like you know, if if he did stuff with his own hands mm. too, you know, like maybe fucking killed an ensign or something. I don't know. Oddly enough, this is explored in Deep Space Nine of all things. Um, part of Cisco's backstory is that his the ship he was on was destroyed by Lacutus in, right, in, in, the in the that board. Uh, and in, in the Wolf System. <laughs> is, is that true? Yeah, yeah that that was the name of the system they fought that big that big battle was in. It was like the Wolf, huh. like some number. Well, I don't remember that, but Cisco's wife dies uh, in that engagement. Along with, you know, millions of other people. And uh, I thought that was cool. In the first episode, they have, like, a passing of the torch moment where Picard meets Sisko. Except it's just Sisko fucking hates Picard and resents him. Yeah, and, uh, right. It's completely unsatisfying in, in when you expect, like, there to be, like, a handshake. And, you know, Picard's like, ah, oh, she's incapable handling, whatever. Um, I enjoyed that. It was cool, and yeah. Second... That's a nice bit of continuity, mm. which isn't in TNG. <laughs> um, yeah, but in, in general, this this episode really, I found myself watching, basically the entire two parter, still on the edge of my seat. Uh, there's something about the way, um, uh, cliff Cliff Bull directed it. There's something about the way this is directed that's that's done really well, and the effects are great and the stakes are high mm. and it's it's kind of a testament to how competently it's written that i've watched this like half a dozen times and i'm still engaged by it there's a few reasons for that one of them is the borg being kind of uh in a, a strange way to phrase this given the, the setting but a very alien presence to the show mm. um it, some of the, the characters that they introduce, like Shelby, um, add a lot, I feel. Um, especially in terms of Riker's story. And it's it's, yeah. it's got enough elements that you don't see every episode that g- give it a novel feeling every time you watch it. It almost feels like yesterday's Enterprise, but without having to switch universes. Mm. It's like every, everything's turned on its head. Everything about the show is turned on its head. Right. while well, Like you said, while maintaining the, the setting. Yeah. Mm. So interesting stuff. Uh, Except the lighting. The lighting remains the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should have <laughs> Should have turned off a few of those lights. I mean, come on. The yesterday's the Enterprise shows that they could do it. Why not just stick with that? It's so it was right. so good. And obviously it's like, oh, yeah. we want it to visually look different. It's a different universe. Like I get it, but still. You get some you get some battle bridge scenes. We do um some saucer stuff uh, A a little bit of trivia that's a completely different battle bridge than before because they needed the um they needed the original battle bridge for the TOS movies. Huh. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. Mostly i blocked out anything TOS in my mind up to I'm including really sure the I'm not sure what the interviews. timeline was, but yeah, we ended yeah, we <laughs> you know, you know what? Lawyer, uh, Worf's lawyer grandfather. <laughs> if there was one piece of information I could have learned to ruin my day, it was that Michael Dorn was in the TOS movies as Worf's <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> I, I just uh, executives sitting around a table banging on it. We need more Warf! More Warf! <sighs> I don't know if people actually loved Worf or if they just thought everyone did. I think Michael just had a really good agent. Maybe. I mean, I do love Worf, but I can't speak for everyone. I love Worf until he opens his fucking mouth. It's just bizarre how every time... Worf just exists in this paradox universe of being endearing... But Michael Dorns is a terrible actor and Worf is, <laughs> isn't really utilized well in a lot of spots. Like, he's just well, kind of shit That's kind of why him. he's endearing. I guess. I, like... <laughs> there's later episodes in, I think it's TNG. Um, Worf, I believe it's a two-parter in TNG. Worf goes to a prison where, it's a Romulan prison that are holding a bunch of Klingons. And he goes with the purpose of either liberating them or liberating someone that's there. And mm-hmm. um, that those Kleons, like, they're not in touch with tradition. They've kind of made peace with the Romulans and everyone kind of lives there together in a, in a colony. And Worf is kind of an instigator. He's He teaches them somewhat against their uh, will or against the will of the leaders of that colony about Kleon traditions and... Some of them want to stay there, and some of them want to go, and it's like a whole two-parter episode about Worf and this this colony and Klingon tradition, and it's great. It's really good. A lot of that Klingon tradition stuff, as it appears in many episodes, is very, very uh, interesting. Oh, it's it's some of the best. Right, and a lot of that has to deal with Worf and Michael Dorn being who they are, but... Other times, Worf's just standing on the bridge, and he's like, "Captain, what if we took the worst option possible?" And Riker just says, "No, we're not doing that." And then Worf just kind of stands down and looks emasculated. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. thats there, like seventy-five percent of Worf. That's that's true. Uh, he's he and uh, he and Troy are often kind of just standing there doing nothing. Yeah. That's... Which is uh, it, it's terrible to be uh, compared to Marina Sirtis's character. Well, we see that in full force here. Uh, Wharf her <laughs> gets some time doing things. Troy does not. Well, she gets, she gets, she gets something, and that's that's all, all that can really be said. Mm. Um, you you mentioned saucer steps. Finally, 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 it's a, it's like it's like when they introduce it like something at like at the beginning of a movie, and then it pays off. Like this is the payoff. This is the the, the Chekhov's gun, which is weird because <laughs> you would think that's the original series. But <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. The, the very very nice sep action. Uh, anyway, let's 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 start going through this as usual chronologically. Um, chronologically, we start off with a, a nice little matte painting. Yeah, at the that there's a colony that they go down to that's been like vaporized. And yeah. uh, I knew you would point out the matte painting. I love matte painting. At, at some point, it's, it's probably only like a 20-minute long thing. You've got to look up the making of Blade Runner. It, a lot of matte painting action? A lot of matte paintings, but you would almost never be able to tell. It's fucking beautiful. But anyway, I've never seen Blade Runner, to be honest. Oh, oof. Uh, Tom Hanks Watch wasn't it in it, so. Watch it. Watch it today, and it looks almost modern. That's with Harrison Ford, right? Yeah. Should I watch? Terrible, the... terrible performance. Should I watch the Ryan Gosling one? Yeah I, yeah, I like that one. Okay. You just like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, kinda. I know you're he's, excited he's... for the new Barbie movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been talking about it nonstop for the past weeks. So... Do, do you know they've already announced a sequel for it? <laughs> have they? They have. Uh, it's It's on location, it's called Barbie Down Under. Uh, I believe the tagline was "Another shrimp on the Barbie." <laughs> nice, very good, very good. <laughs> Add that to my uh, Australian movie collection next to Kangaroo Jack and uh, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, you Crocodile ever s- Dun did it. Now you ever see Crocodile Dun did Los Angeles? <laughs> Both, both getting done-did jokes, like, spilling out of their mouth and falling flat on the floor. I picture, um, the flock of seagulls just yap, dun did done-did, done-did, all over each other. What, like the band? <laughs> yeah, with the haircut. Brap, 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 brap. Brap, brap, brap. So... So so so. Matt painting. We made it twenty seconds into the episode before getting distracted <laughs> by Crocodile Dundee and Barbie and Ryan Gosling. So they they figure out that this is a Borg thing because basically, well, okay. So what it is, you have um, you have J. P. Hanson, Admiral, yeah, and and Shelby come aboard, right, mm. the Enterprise, and they're, they help determine that it was indeed a Borg attack that wiped out. This entire colony, and um, based on the soil. Base yes, based on the soil, and the um, Shelby is a is a lieutenant command. No, I think just commander? commander. He's a commander.
0: Um, I, and that she, or she gets promoted and, to
1: that. Yeah, she and Riker kind of butt heads because um, she's aiming for his spot on the Enterprise. Right. Apropos of and, nothing. Uh, um, this is. I think it was during filming of this that Frakes taught the cast the word hate fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Which, back in the 80s, 90s, was not a very common term. It was It was novel. It was novel. Mm. Um, I think it was I, even I think, in the novelization think... of this episode. <laughs> I think Frakes and Elizabeth themselves didn't really get on too well. Um Mostly because, you know, in the script, uh, Shelby's described as late 20s, very beautiful, mm. energetic, extremely motivated, and ambitious. Um, and, and, you know, we had a couple of those targets, but, you well, know. You know, it's you do the best you can. She would, um, you know, she's no, she's no Ensign Ro, if, if if that makes sense. Be still my heart. I could talk for years about Ensign Row, and I will when we get there. I could, uh, I could... Never mind. Yeah? So, <coughs> never mind. I was about to go on an Ensign Row tangent, and uh, was saved by my uh, fortuitous <laughs> cough. Because here's the thing, Ensign Row being a Bajoran connects to Deep Space Nine, and you can't... Yeah. You can't talk about Ensign Rowe without talking about I, Deep I know, Space right. Nine, which is you're just right. my I, favorite I, I thing. Shouldn't, I shouldn't give you a chance to talk about that. I gotta um, restrict myself here. But yeah, I, part of the uh, part of the issue is, or uh, for Riker, this episode is that he's been granted for what the third time, um, <clears throat> the the captain's chair on, on another ship. Right. He's he keeps getting the offer and turning it down. Yeah. Which. Is I think an interesting um, problem for Riker to have an interesting conflict. Yeah, sure. Because you can imagine very easily what the Enterprise means to him and why that would, uh, and also on the other end, how significant captaining a ship is. So yeah, and and it's it's also like apparently it seems to me in this universe. If someone offers you a promotion, you don't really turn it down. It's it's the the Japan influence, really. <laughs> it's, once once it's, you well <laughs> you turn down a promotion, you're out, you're done. It's the thing is, it's like the your job is basically your capital, not just your social capital, but well, I guess basically just your social capital. But it's a stand-in there's for no economic real capital as well. Yeah, right. But it's basically everything it's it's how people treat you it's what you get in exchange for your work and all that stuff but which is um, an interesting point everyone's telling Riker, think about your career will you know think about the future and it's like if he just languishes his days as a as a number one second in command Mm. what's really the harm of that what, yeah, it what, almost paints a somewhat dystopian picture of the Star yeah. Trek universe. What use is ambition in a um, society that lacks for want? <laughs> the, the thing is, and I was thinking about this the other day too. It's like when you when you really drive down into it, it's literally just Marxism, right? I buy and that. None of it makes any real sense because. <laughs> When we watch Star Trek, we're for the most part watching the upper echelons of society. Mm. It's Starfleet, they're the most skilled people in Starfleet, you know, they have all these awards and accommodations, and, and they're on the front lines doing, doing the real work. What about some dude who shovels shit on Earth? I just you know? don't get how you get people to shovel shit. What is the impetus for people to work Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you can say that, you know, if, if, if you have a kind of low level menial job, you get like a little apartment and, and, uh, but it's like, what are the consequences for not showing up to work? Right. No one ever doesn't like Barclay doesn't show up to Barclay is only late for work and nothing really happens to him. And that's, I think that's the only time we ever see someone kind of shirking their duties. It, and it's it's because Star Trek is scared of dealing with that. Because if right. they have to deal with that, then they're like, Well, what do you do? Send them to the gulag. Society is um just kind of collapses at that point. If future series have little glimpses into life on Earth, mm-hmm. um Cisco's father operates a restaurant in New Orleans. And it's just kind of depicted <laughs> as exactly he does. as exactly the same. You know, there's he has like a dishwasher in somebody peeling potatoes. Right. And there's no real way to square... You would have to reformat society entirely. You would have to depict society as being mostly automated, I think, for any of this really to make sense. People do jobs that they want to do, right? I'd love to cook. I'll work in a restaurant. I'll, I'll apprentice at a restaurant because I want to um, learn. But something like so- shoveling shit, garbage man, whatever... Um, you can't have a realistic reason for people to do these jobs, which is why if you depict them as automated and everybody else just not working, uh, because mm-hmm. society has just so many resources, then that, yeah, then that, that makes more make sense. more sense. Yeah. I mean, even dishwashing, if, if you, if you have no real ambition in life and you just don't want to starve or whatever, you get a job and the government gives you like a house and stuff. Then it's like, yeah, I'd be a fucking dishwasher. But here's yeah. the thing. Um, E- equality, right? Like, if let's say that you take a menial job, you get like a sparse apartment. It's paid for. I mean, it's free, whatever. But somebody with a higher, more demanding job gets a better house. These are just yeah. stand-ins for currency, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> there's still an inequality, so it's. I mean, there's a reason that society is how it is. Why in in our world, why these things haven't been done yet? Because it's just a lot of questions that need answering. And um, the show isn't about that, so it's not really interested in exploring it. but it's a oh, lot. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't to say that there's a resource rich society that has evolved past um, want or really any system of economics. Uh, if you ever show, dive into the specifics of um, promotions and working, There's a lot of questions. There's a lot. And you also have to consider, too, that I mean, it it also seems like there's no real form of entertainment besides uh, going to the orchestra or, yeah, using the holodeck. So it's Uh like, it's not like you need money to collect, like, the new manga that came out or whatever. It's just, it's like those 70s sci fi films where everybody wears a light jumpsuit and walks around orange rooms and. Yeah. They have like a clock installed in their chest or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's like it really begs the question, what do these people do all day? It's just, this this seems like hell. Mm. Maybe it is real communism, who knows. Uh, well, Real communism has uh, never been tried. It's never been tried. Never been maybe maybe it was finally tried in Star Trek and it worked. Gene's <laughs> um, vision. Anyway, yeah, so so we have um we have we have that little scene with uh Picard and Riker and Hansen and, and Shelby in, in the ready room. Hmm. Um fish watch. Yes. There's a fish. Oh hell yeah. There was a fish. Took out all the stops for uh for this episode. And um I just wanted to bring this up because this, this was a, a little kind of kind of a little niggling uh point with uh between Cliff and George, George Murdoch who played Admiral Hansen. Hmm. Um, there there is there is this bit in the, it's in the episode, you can see it where, you know, Riker and Shelby leave the ready room and um, Picard says something like, Oh, you know, you, you seem you seem rather smitten with Commander Shelby. Says it to the Admiral. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, he says it's to the Admiral and he says he says just an old man's fantasies. Right. Very and, uh, evocative <laughs> line of dialogue. It's evocative. It's it's already kind of odd, um, but this is actually the result of George kind of protesting what was already written in the script um, initially, and and actually we we had him do at least one or two takes with with the original um, chunk of dialogue there, mm. and um, George just couldn't get past the way the scene was written. So you know we ended up truncating his dialogue about Shelby to just that one line. Good word um, in our first cut. In our first cut, he couldn't make it past the line uh, what I wouldn't give to lean her over the captain's desk we're sitting at right now, Picard, and Eiffel Tower her with you. Which was, of course, a callback to Picard's heritage. Right, yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, You know, he's trying to relate to his... Because we find out in Part 2 that they're kind of old friends. Yeah. But we don't really get that sense too much in in Part 1. I mean, so, Picard generally has this, um, I don't know, friendliness with, uh, with all the Admirals. People just seem to respect him, but it never really goes yeah. beyond that. Mm. So we wanted to make sure the audience knew um, that, uh, that, that, that he and uh, he and Admiral Hansen were particularly close. Right. Close enough to uh, Eiffel Tower, a total babe on the captain's desk. A total babe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what was written in the script a total babe yeah 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 I, I think you, you might be right um, it was still the early 90s you know how how that was so so now now we're starting to get into Riker's like he's he's starting to get into his own head right because th- is this where he is a scene in the, the turbo lift with Shelby no I don't remember no or does he talk to Picard in the ready room I was thinking about the Troy scene. Didn't I need he the Troy first? He goes to the bar, but I think that's after Picard talks to him. Like, that's the impetus. Okay. Um, because Picard talks to Riker in the ready room. He's like, oh, congratulations. Or I heard you've been offered the captain's chair. And uh, Riker's like, well, I'm still thinking about it. And Right, because Hansen tells Picard uh, Riker's not taking these jobs. He's got to worry about his career. And Picard's the first he heard about it. So then he goes to Riker, and is like, "Think about your career, Will." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Riker talks to Troy in an odd, rare instance of Troy doing her job as counselor <laughs> in the bar. <laughs> what does she? What does she call Riker? She she describes him as something that kind of gets to him. Seasoned. What does she call him? Seasoned, seasoned. Yes, seasoned. nailed it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, That line yeah. went through a lot of rewrites. We were floating a lot of <laughs> adjectives that Troy could describe uh, Riker as, and you know his his words. You should never call a man seasoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember some of the alternatives. Uh, dignified, flagging, genteel, late for dinner, uh, a faggot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. But we ultimately yeah, yeah. went with seasoned. It was it was the most ambiguous one. Indeed. And it kind of worked. We had seasoned fries on set that day, so, you know. You just kind of inspired. Yeah. Now, if I called you seasoned, would you take offense? Well, I mean, that, that depends. Am I seasoned? Am mm-hmm. I covered in seasoning? No, you're not. Sorry. Um, I mean, when you cry, you get some salt on your face, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't take particular offense to the, to the word seasoned. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of an odd line when, when you put when you throw that word in there. Right. I mean, just, is Riker under the illusion that he's perpetually 20 years old, I mean, I guess, given how he acts. He probably is. Yeah. <laughs> <Frank> certainly was. <laughs> yes. yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, um I but I, I like these the glimpse into, you know, Riker's um uh, conundrum you know his mental dilemma. Yeah, we've we've done this a couple of times at this because there was that episode in what, season 1 or 2 where the same thing basically happened. And like it might have been a B plot, but part of the episode was wondering, "Oh, is is Riker going to leave?" Right. And a sim- so it's, similar it's a redundant. Similar thing to when Q offered him Qness. Right? Mhm. Qness. Qness. What do what do you call it? Uh, did I have Q powers, a green Qness. Green. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to get that out there. Um, thank you. It's the most direct non sequitur approach to it. But this this is the best way they've done it so far. Before. Yeah,
0: I mean, because it's realistic.
1: Yeah, who hasn't I've been like, oh, I could take a promotion at work, but maybe I have to move or. It's not quite the responsibility that I want. You know, it's it's a real problem inside of the sci-fi trapping. Mm. Imagine that. Imagine Star Trek dealing with with real real problems. It's a uh, now we're drifting into the realm of fantasy here. Star Trek, you know, dealing with real issues. <laughs> Personally, I think that TNG should have. Um, paid more attention to the immigration crisis. <laughs> they, they should have immediately gone right down to earth and asked to speak with ICE's manager. You don't get it. It's a utopia. You can't do that. Wait, what are you doing? No.
0: <laughs> 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 Mr. <Lefort>! LaHaw! Ugh
1: uh. Captain seems that we've entered a wormhole and we're back in the year eighteen hundred. <laughs> My god. This roundup Roundup, LaForge and Wharf. They had they have to keep them on, on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, why can't I go down? Uh. O'Brien and uh and uh Gates still still also get shit on. <laughs> Uh, why do we always come back to racism? That's weird. Come on, Put together an away team. Whites only. <laughs> That's I think that was um, in the script for A Fistful of Datas. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, I just want to make sure I'm absolutely clear, is the real name of an episode. No, really? Yes. That's that's where they have the wild where Wharf and Alexander have a Wild West adventure on the Hollow Deck. Of course, of course it is. That's right. Yeah, I um, <sighs> I haven't deigned myself to watch that one just yet. <laughs> At least all the way through. So there's a there's a mention of the word sensor in this episode. Right, we're into that. It's um, uh, we have Fish Watch, we have sensor Watch. Which I think so is just uh-huh. perpetual because in several star trek series they drop censor yeah which has me questioning reality if i am i, am I wrong is, is censor wrong right right well sometimes they say censor sometimes they say censor maybe they're two different things maybe they're talking about like the group that um screens television content for inappropriate things <laughs> <laughs> It's just a, a subtle jab, right? Or the um, the metal contraption on a chain that has incense burning in it that priests swing around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that, is, do they call it a sun sword? Yeah, they do. Actually, do they really? Yeah. Oh, someone's been to church. I have. Uh, actually, I've only I've just watched Midnight Mass a lot. <laughs> Oh, I forgot to talk about the uh the big short on my list of movies I've watched. We're not talking about the big short. Can we talk about Martin Short? We'll talk about the big short next week. <laughs> I've I'll have forgotten it by then. You know how my brain works. What? I'll remember it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Alright, what even happens in this episode? Oh god. Um Uh so Shelby intimates to Riker. That she is going to gun for. They're his... intimate. She um fellates to Riker that <laughs> she's going to be gunning for his position as the first officer on the Enterprise, mm-hmm. and on on the presumption yeah, that he's. If, if, if this were the if this were the mirror universe, she would have just killed him, <laughs> which but would have know. earned her the position directly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would have had a beard and everything. <laughs> Eye patch. Um, but but yeah, she's assuming that he's going to take the the captain's position. And Riker's kind of in a, um, he's not in a real defensible position here. You know, when he says, oh, you know, I'm probably going to stay. He just comes off as kind of weak and flaccid. I think. You think? I do. Um, because regardless of the intricacies of that world, how employment works that we were discussing, I think that one should be kind of moving up the ladder and somebody who isn't probably is not fit for a decision-making role like a first officer. Hmm. Um, I mean, I suppose so like he's, he's very obviously capable of being a captain. Right. So, so he should do it. it. To me, it seems like first officer, that role is to train a future captain, right? You're in, comp- right, you're in sure. command of the ship some of the time. <laughs> You're privy to 99% of the information and goings on that you get. Um, I, to me, the, how do I put this? this? The sentimental nature of his tie to the Enterprise is unbecoming of a first officer. I suppose so, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about like a faux military organization, yeah. Right. It, uh, I mean should, that shouldn't supersede your duty to. What what is Riker's position here? But I like the Enterprise. Like really, that's it. <laughs> I want to go kiss Troy. Right. When whenever I want. The the other ships don't have a bar in the front of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a real reason though. <laughs> Right? it's if, if i if I can move to a ship at a bar, might as well just shoot me in the face. I think a good way to look at this is that imagine that um we were looking in on a ship that we weren't familiar with that is not the mm-hmm. focus of the show, and it's for whatever reason that episode's about a different ship's first officer is deciding whether to stay or take a promotion, and the audience is like. Whatever. I mean, just take the promotion. I don't know you. I don't know the ship. Who gives a fuck, right? Um, we're only convinced that this is a decision to make because we've grown accustomed to having Riker as a cast member of the show, and we like him on the show. In the in the universe of of the of the series, it doesn't really make much sense to hem and haw about this. Well, you know, I've I've made I've made work decisions based on um But you're not in the military. Based on
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah. But it's it's also really not the military. It, really. It is. It is. I don't I don't buy that at all. <laughs> I disagree it's entirely. A, it's it's not it's not terribly militaristic. I don't know. When there's a chain of command I I think that qualifies, like a very explicit military academy chain of command, all that stuff. All right, sure, yeah, you're right, but you're right in the end. But I don't think I don't think even even having a a random cast of characters and then presenting this this dilemma, I don't think that would. I don't think people would necessarily uniformly respond like, "Oh, whatever," you know. just take it, dude. Maybe not. I, th- I think I think people understand having some kind of attachment. Sure. To it. Maybe complete apathy was overstating my point, but I do think that the most of the drama in this decision, as perceived by the audience, stems from the fact that they just like having Riker around on the setting oh, yeah. of the TV show. Riker, Riker and Troy and um, Data and Geordi, they're all my best friends. So I need them to stick together and be <laughs> chummy with one another. Yeah, they, they all need to be best friends with each other. That's because why they I, have the poker I game. I love them. Right. <laughs> I don't um, know. I, I'm i not saying that it's not a good conflict to have um, emotionally for Riker. Like I said, it's it's true to life. People have had this exact same decision to make a lot of times. But if I were to write this episode in the most realistic sense possible... Which isn't the goal of the show, I know, but it would either involve Riker reluctantly taking the position, or depicting him as more not quite selfish, but emotionally driven in keeping the keeping his job on the Enterprise. Sure, and, uh, and then you'd you'd have uh, you'd have Picard calling him into his ready room and calling him a faggot. Yeah, throwing sand in his eyes. <laughs> Then <laughs> I mean, he needs to go go stop the podcast to buy eye drops. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, it's true to life. <laughs> did you get a, did, uh, By the way, did you get another drink while I was gone? Uh yeah, but I'm I'm actually pretty close to having to get another one. Well, you'll be patient. You'll be dead. Thank you. For some reason the uh, the what first came to my mind in my mental Association clanging, after you'll be dead was that is the question, and I don't know why I uh, went to Shakespeare there. Mm. It's very that bizarre. Is, that is odd. Yeah, I I was thinking about the Willow Blend guy. Oh, that's good. Um, don't breathe this. So eventually, um, Shelby ruffles Riker's feathers. And not in a sexy way. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't suddenly become a bird. Right. Instead, they go to investigate the planet again to confirm that it's the Borg. And he says, oh, we'll leave at 0800 hours. But at 0600 hours, Shelby and Data beam down uh, prematurely. Mm -hmm. And Shelby kind of has the upper hand here. Um, Riker, after learning this, goes down and... uh, he takes her aside and says, oh, you can't do this. You know, I'm the commanding officer here. You need to run these things by me. And Shelby says, all right, uh, noted for future reference. Now do you want to hear my report? And right here mm-hmm. just kind of says, okay. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know. I don't know what the intention is, what we're supposed to feel about Shelby. I don't know if was to be some kind of... I don't, they, I don't know if it was supposed to be some kind of gotcha. The thing with Shelby is that she's... Um not particularly endearing she's not endearing but she's not wrong either um no 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 no. she's okay maybe she's not wrong but there's there's something about uppity young women i think it's the haircut who it's not the haircut it's 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 this this bizarre and it's not about a woman being ambitious in general but there's there's a certain kind of woman who is like at like Thinks about nothing else but like this cutthroat. I need to be the best, and you know, prove myself. And it's it's annoying and it's grating and it's unbecoming. I think. You it's, know what I mean. I'm gonna be honest. I think that it's perceived differently when it's a woman doing it. It is. It is. Um, it is perceived differently. And it, it, it is it, it is somewhat of a double standard. But you know, what are you gonna do? Well, I, I mean, it's certainly grating. I agree with you. Shelby is a grating character, but I appreciate that. Like I said, she's not really wrong in any of these exchanges. Um, and she navigates the, um, I don't know, the, the chain of command successfully, right? Riker calls her out. She says... But like uh, almost in spite of herself. Huh? She's, honestly, I find her incredibly unlikable. Sure. And if I find someone unlikable and I'm working with them, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that they don't get what they want. I don't think everyone's so as spiteful like, as you are. No, 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 no. It, it's it, no, it's no. They it's, are it's, as spiteful as me. The, 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 no, the most you cannot tell me the most important thing in life is not being liked. No, certainly being likable. Um, so it, it's it's odd to me that, that somebody someone... unlikable could be successful. No, no, no. Not necessarily. But it's it's odd to me that Riker is the only one who butts heads with Shelby because she, I she see. comes off. She comes off as a complete neurotic Well the reason dis- for that is that she is explicitly trying to get his job um which I think sets them up to be more primed for disagreement than maybe her with the other maybe. characters Look I might just be misogynist but right. might I <laughs> I I really can't stand Shelby as a character I mean I don't like her either but I think that that's somewhat the I intent think, think, you, you just, like just Riker, because you you like Riker and she wants uh-huh. to replace Riker already you're primed to dislike her um she goes around Riker she undercuts him um but she still like I said she kind of wins this exchange she wins over the character not wins over but she beats out the character that you like um while kind of being just obnoxious so of course you hate her I think the, you're supposed to as a member but of the, the audience listen just 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 because you're correct doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> People die when they are right. <laughs> but anyway, I I see your point too. Uh Riker is kind of being a little vindictive and right. petty. And... So to me that only lends more credence to the idea that Riker should be um taking the the captain's position, right? he's mm-hmm. he's clinging to his old job he's being shown up by the new blood the young blood um and he's not he doesn't really have, have young blood for this yeah he doesn't really have a leg to stand on despite owning two so mm-hmm. i uh i i like that overall um yeah no it was it was good it was good it's good content it is, it's good content it's good content. <laughs> the best of both worlds. It's good content. <laughs> now, of course, the title refers to Riker here. You see, it's really a Riker story, not a mm. not a Picard story, right? Me, meh, meh. I don't really uh, remember too much of what happened. Like, I know that you know, like Shelby and Riker have this little conflict and. Eventually, Picard gets captured. What happens in between that? Oh, nothing. It just smash cuts to Picard on the Borg ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, they... Um, like, I know they're planning on doing something. I, they encounter the Borg ship, and there's like a bit of a, a, a chase. Uh, they hide inside of a nebula. Um, because, oh, the the Borg ship explicitly hails Picard, and they want him, right? right. They They don't fire on the Enterprise. They try to abduct Picard. And uh, there's like I said, there's some chasing, uh, there's some befuddlement. Like, oh, why do they want you? Um, which is kind of intriguing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The whole the whole way the Borg work is intriguing, right? They don't fire on people when they board their ship until they're explicitly a threat because they're just so beneath them. Yeah, yeah. They just they don't care, right? <laughs> which uh, lends more to their alienness. Yeah. And also, you know, is very. It, it makes sense. It's logical. And it's also very convenient for, for our,
0: yes. our heroes
1: here, right?
0: Now, you would think so. by the
1: third time that there's a boarding party on the Borg ship um, to do something. <laughs> yeah, they might, they might just uh, <laughs> they, consider just hey, swatting that fly. Adapt to that. Why don't you? <laughs> I'm surprised there's never a moment where somebody fires, like, a big laser beam at the borg ship and says adapt to this and you know <laughs> blows them up that, that would be in in uh, the jj abrams tng movie oh i see i see <laughs> and it, it, it would be troy saying it. <laughs> it didn't troy captain the enterprise in one of the movies probably i believe she i remember seeing um Clips of like her in the captain's chair and then the Enterprise crash landing into a planet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What I can tell you is that she's wielded a gun before. <laughs> We've had a trivia about this <laughs> the Battle of Beta Z. Yeah, <laughs> like an assault rifle. Do you think the Borg adapted to those? Those metal bullets? <laughs> Gee, actually, you know what? <laughs> they they could probably uh get pretty far in, in killing the Borg with some kinetic weapons. That is a good point. To what extent can the Borg adapt to a crowbar? <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? It doesn't make any sense. Zero out of ten. Send it back. It's like that's uh you know, that's that's what Dune was all about, too. Everyone had to fight with swords because the shields Blocked all the lasers and shit. Mm. But it's like, a Physical object. Horseshoe. Horseshoe theory. What's with you and horseshoe That's not horseshoe. Horseshoe? Yeah, that's not a horseshoe. Oh, you know. Horseshoe. Forsooth. Hors-, <laughs> hors Horseshoe sounds like some kind of like Chinese cabbage dish. <laughs> yeah, I'll have the Horseshoe? Horseshoe. <laughs> That spicy horseshoe? Does that come in the happy family? <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about coming in the happy family. That's why it's a happy family. There's <laughs> coming in it. Hey, what comes in the family stays in the family. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, Gabagool! <laughs> the Gabagool! <laughs> so, okay, so, Shelby... Shelby is... Kind of tasked with like creating some kind of Shelby Dead way to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the Borg specialist, tasked with uh coming up ways to counteract the Borg menace. I'm just trying to remember what happens between that and and Picard getting captured. They hide in the nebula. There's a chase, and that's it. And then and then they capture Picard. <sighs> Probably. Um, okay. I, I think there's like a right, minor you know engagement. Maybe just, they're caught just, in a tractor just, beam, and they're like, "Oh, fire at the thing!" and we'll yeah, cycle yeah. the phaser frequencies. Data, cycle right. those phaser frequencies. And uh, phaser frequencies cycling at every point three seconds, sir. And then they blow up the tractor beam, and they zoom away. And like uh, Borg ship warps, like Borg ship is gaining on us. They're at warp nine point eight, and Picard's 9. like, <laughs> uh, "Ensign Crusher, take us into the nearby nebula." Uh, slow to impulse and then they do and uh, it's like alright we wait in the in the nebula captain there's only 8.9 hours of oxygen left we'll have to take us out of the nebula (laughs) this is becoming a different episode (laughs) this is exactly what happens don't tell don't talk to me (laughs) this is um this is a radio this podcast is now a radio drama (laughs) <laughs> we'll have um our producer in the corner like jangling some chains to make sound effects in front of the microphone. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Putting a piece of paper on a comb and blowing into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, that's exactly what happened. So then they okay. leave the nebula and then Picard is abducted. Abducted they go to the ship at some point maybe before or after this i think it's i think it's after because they need to find them right but, uh, so so it, so one thing i want to discuss is that they seem to be very easily able to just abduct picard whenever they want well they beam uh, onto the ship once they locate it oh and had they not located it Right, because they were hiding in the nebula. I told you exactly what happened. <laughs> oh no, not the heckin' nebula. I can't see through the nebula. Now, I don't know what a nebula is, but based on this episode, I believe it's a space cloud. It's a, it's a space bush. <laughs> <laughs> Just park the Enterprise in um, there. They'll never find us. <laughs> Early on... um. We were actually going to have Picard and Data both abducted, which yes. Yes, first of all would have been crazy, but um, what was going to happen is is during Picard's Borgification, they would have, the Borg would have, would have combined Data and Picard into one being um, named Descartes, mm. right? And um, this didn't happen because coincidentally, uh, Lavar was actually thinking of naming his kid this. Right. The time. His wife was pregnant. And... Yeah, so we got rid of the idea just, you know, in solidarity with the, the BLM movement. I just want to say props to Lavar for not, you know, leaving his wife at the time. I know, I know. That's a big deal. That's, uh, he's, he's a big boy. Yeah. I mean, not in stature, but... Right. In heart. Right. right. The, the biggest Actually, heart I've ever seen. I got a heart on ve- for him. I thought, it was very, <laughs> I thought it was very impressive that he could read so much. Right. Well, I mean, with the visor on his face. he had a he had a full-time job he had a house Mm. good for him 401k did we have 401ks we did um i think we held them every summer now i (laughs) (laughs) you've been waiting for this (laughs) i have not i just remembered that anecdote off the top of my head (laughs) <laughs> uh, how, how how long did those take a 401k <laughs> yeah it's a very it's an endurance run really um we had stations we had camping stations uh settled every every um what was it 90ks mm. so, so once you reach one of those you kind of camp out for the night yeah you could you could take a five minute nap and then take a diarrhea shit Right. And then just keep going. And carbo-load and then hit the road. <laughs> so so the, the Borg turned Captain Picard's Sans Data into Locutus. Right. By attaching a bunch of silly robot parts to his body. Which was extremely, extremely expensive. The Borg makeup, the parts, yeah. The, yeah. the glue, special glue that didn't, you know combine with the makeup to make some kind of hazardous material very expensive we just kind of left it on patrick between shooting uh different scenes and between shooting the two episodes as well yeah now i remember patrick you yeah, never took it off no he got really into the identity too like he really was yeah. was feeling it I, I remember i'd see him around and he would just kind of mutter it's Borgentime time under his breath uh, yeah i've never seen someone with that much passion for a role I know, I know. Yeah, he really, really, really enjoyed that bit. Hmm. It's organ time, Borgan time. I think if you you know tweet that at him, he'll he'll appreciate. It. I don't know if he'll respond. He's a very old guy. He can't really read his phone. Five hundred years old, <laughs> <laughs> but he will appreciate it when um when his aide reads it to him.
0: My mother always loved
1: the star. Meanwhile, Shatner's like riding a motorcycle off of a flaming ramp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh god. Um, I watched the ending of of Pic- I don't know if this is the ending, but it's near the end of Picard season two, where Picard and um and Q like hug, mm-hmm. and it is just the the gayest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's it's dumb for many reasons. What? It's like, and and they both all look around at like seven of nine, and like all these characters, no one gives a shit about. And it's like, who are you? It's. It, I remember hearing about this. Um, John Delancey had to be very, very, very gentle with that hug, lest yeah. um, Patrick Stewart just crumble into dust in his arms. <laughs> <laughs> They they had to prop Patrick up with like a, like like a, a a plank painted green. Yeah, they had to, you know, keep the room at a very certain temperature; otherwise, he would just begin to flake. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, I I we I knew he had aged at an accelerated rate when uh, you know, he lost all of his hair at nineteen, but right, sure, you know. I get you know, and you know, Bill also went bald, but maybe the Toupee kind of grafted youth onto him. Yeah, that's that's probably it. it's it's really the hair that gives you the the vitality. We're all Samson, really. It's like it's like, it's like I was going to say it's like Samson. <laughs> Sam, Samson and son. <laughs> that was good. That uh, you got that before I even woke up. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Nelly. To oh no, he says to family. Because that's what we are. Have you guy nods approvingly ha- at him? Have you seen Picard season two? No. But you are aware of what happens. Vaguely, yeah. Uh, so it would seem. Why? No, no. uh... Well, yeah, I see all the stupid clips about it. It's like, like, you know, you've seen the Will Wheaton scene and stuff like that. No, I haven't. I haven't seen anything, really. Oh, wow. Oh, well, probably for the best. Yeah. Better not. I'm not really hankering to to watch it. No, that's wrong. I did see the the scene of him and Data inside of some kind of computer space. where Where Data, like, gets on his knees and begs Picard to kill him while crying. (laughs) Data gets on his knees and eats an entire buffet of food (laughs) There's a trough there (laughs) Uh, Dr. Noonien Soong programmed me to gain weight at an extreme rate My positronic metabolism Captain I'm wondering if you can take the role of, I believe you would say, feeder. (laughs) Come here, Data. He's just in Card's arms like a baby and he's just (laughs) just stuffing cakes in there. I've always, you know, Data,
0: I've always wanted to feed you just like this. But I couldn't bring myself to tell you.
1: Oh god Uh Captain My Research of Human nature Has Reached the The point of Fetishes <laughs> The car just starts Breastfeeding him <laughs> Oh lord uh, Data Um Starts detaching His limbs Having researched The amputee fetish <laughs> Captain, I've taken the liberty of detaching all four of my limbs. I believe this makes me helpless. Oh my god. Holy shit. At that oh. point, Data would truly be the best of both worlds. I'm dying wow that's there there's there's a lot more there too, yeah I think um I'll commission a uh <laughs> 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 oh all right um yeah, so they they Shelby leads a team with crusher for some reason uh, I think it's just because she wanted to shoot a gun. <laughs> I, I buy that, you know, they might need someone to tend to Picard medically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Patrick himself. Yeah, you know. Patrick's, uh... A, like, has, as we've established, a very fragile man. So... So yeah, it's Shelby, Crusher, who Data, and then some random person,
0: right? Uh... Or, no,
1: Worf. Worf is there. <laughs> hey, put some respect to his name. mm <laughs> Now, this is after yet another case of Riker kind of being emasculated yeah. where he's like, I'm yeah. putting together a team and Troy says, I don't think that's appropriate. You're the captain mm-hmm. now. He's mm-hmm. like, alright, I guess Shelby will do it, whatever. Sure. sure. So, maybe this is to point out, like, oh, Riker in the role is not fit for the role of a captain because he's, he's too action man. Maybe. Or maybe it's just, you know, growing pains, you know. You know, his Uh. knees hurt. (laughs) The Admiral comes to the ship, takes one look at right, you've grown since the last time (laughs) I've seen you. (laughs) So, yeah, so so I guess a, a lot of the episode was spent on uh, being able to change the frequency of the phasers. Yeah, got a cycle the phaser frequencies. They're also working so on a, on another weapon using the um the dish, like a weapon, a weapon channeling the energy of the ship's dish. Yeah, to to shoot at the Borg cube. Right. Yeah. Which uh, will destroy but, the uh... ship if they do it for too long. Unlike unlike previous encounters with the Borg. They are now somewhat able to uh, to kill them, even after they've adapted to the uh, the standard right. tricorder frequency. Now, if they had a quad quarter, it'd be a different story. This episode wouldn't even have happened, really. We would no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and all right, so so they they do find they do find Picard, Picard, who is now locutus, right? And he's uh, he's looking very silly. He, uh, he, gives, he gives them that little look. Yeah. He, he's standing at the end of the hallway looking perpendicular to the side. And mm-hmm. like, it's the captain. And, and then he turns and he's got like a metal thing on his face. And... He's got one of those little laser trackers that you'd use to harass teachers in school with. Right. Or, or your cat. And um, and <laughs> he uh, everyone looks confounded. And it's like, oh, he's a Borg." And like, we are like, <laughs> got, we gotta go now. And uh, <laughs> they beam off or something like that happens. I don't really know. But, Some, uh, something, something like that. Yeah, we get one of the first shots of because um, this, this happens twice of Picard looking directly into the camera. Mm-hmm. You remember, you remember Lefty? You remember, yeah, Lefty? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, context: Lefty was our nickname for the camera operator. He worked on a lot of episodes of Trek. Um, he always looked into the viewfinder with his left eye. We you don't know why we called him Lefty. Usually, it was a right mm-hmm. eye kind of thing. But for whatever, I don't know if he just wanted to get a grass is greener kind of thing, taste of the other side, but he was using his right eye when filming this episode. And when filming these scenes of Picard looking directly into the camera, the laser pointer hit the lens in such a way that it just blinded Lefty. Yeah, completely. Right. And it's in, in that eye. Right. And it's just, it's crazy to me that the one day he uses his right eye, Lefty gets blinded in it. Just fate, right? It must have been. must have been. Now, what was really strange was that that was the first time we did that shot. And the shot was so good that, you know, the director, what do you say, Cliff, really wanted to repeat it. Um, so we just did it again despite the risk. Well, he used the same eye. so Oh, that's true. So no harm, no foul. Yeah, it was already blinded. So. Actually, a really economic move. Now that I think about it, yeah, 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 it was it was brave, bold, brave and bold. The animated series. Now, do you know D. Bradley Baker? I know of D. Bradley Baker. He was on the Drew Carey's show. Uh huh. And he's uh he was Oswald. Uh-huh. Much like the octopus. I said, ooh, that's a deep cut. Yes. So anyway, um, they beam back to the ship, and they're unsuccessful at exfiltrating the captain. And um, with that out of the way, it becomes time to fire on the ship because it's the it's moving away, and they're going to lose their chance. Well, I guess there's yeah. there's a there's a communications in the meantime where because I am locutus assimilate. Resistance is futile. Borg, Borg, Borg. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the uh the the famous lines. Right. That's what he says. He says the famous lines Borg Borg <laughs> borg, borg. <laughs> borg
0: Borg 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 <laughs> Borg
1: And uh now Riker who has been previously accused of being unable to make the hard decisions instantly decides to fire on Picard. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I wish there was a little more leading up to that, of him maybe having one more chance to uh, make a tough decision and get you know, you know, gradually move up to it, rather than yeah, sure. being kind of flaccid before and being extremely cold and unfeeling now. Well, um, Shelby negged him so much that he needed to prove himself. He got mogged. got mogged by Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do find it strange how Shelby is very against firing on Picard here. Right. She says, no, what if we try again, or let's take more time, you know, just these, um, this up-in-the-air kind of suggestion that's not really concrete. Yeah, it's, it's not very pragmatic. No, that's a good word for it. Where she is depicted as being extremely pragmatic and getting on Riker for not right. being pragmatic before. Everybody Annoyingly else... pragmatic. Yeah, everybody else I get, you know, um, Crusher especially, being kind of against really this. I feel like she's a woman. Well, she loves Picard, Jean Luc. Jean Luc. Jean Luc. Jean Luc. I, I I do I do have to note that uh, <clears throat> I um I, I I seem to have almost contradicted myself and given women no leeway this episode. Go on. Shelby's Shelby's bad because she's she's annoyingly ambitious for a woman. And then Crusher's bad because she's emotional because she's a woman. <laughs> Look, we all know you just want a version of this show with no women in it. <laughs> no, I want a version with all women in it. Yeah, and they're all naked. I was gonna say that the no women version has a lot of Greek wrestling. <laughs> well, that's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> um, give me, give me that oiled up two kicks, Fricks. What's the uh, What's the name of the ship of the all woman version? The, um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. What is it? This thing that you're just making up now is on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, no, the, the, uh, I, I, I had a, I've, 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 I've lost it. I'm not going to get it. I'll, I'll be sitting here for like the next two hours. Yeah. What would you make it? Uh, the over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the USS uterus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The um, the the men Oh, pause. Nice, nice. <laughs> like, like, like the man of war. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the USS Fallopian. That's good. That's good. Uh, the 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 castratus. <laughs> USS Mensis. (laughs) What about the uh, the uh, the all guy version? The USS Dudes rule. (laughs) The uh, the phallus.
0: The phallus, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, this joke's kind of run its course. Um, (laughs) 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 Moving on. There's this, there's this bit. Well, that's basically the end of the episode. But there's, there's this bit, a little bit before that where, and I can't remember who says this, but they're saying that the, um, the Borg cube is heading towards the Terran system. Right. Right. And then and they, you know, the Terra Earth. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm glad you picked up on that, uh, because the audience is yeah, just we're retarded. Just, You're just stupid. Have no idea what what Terra means. They they really do it three times. Sector 001. The Terran system. <laughs> yeah, right. Earth. <laughs> right. What else would sector 001 be? Oh my god. <laughs> they should have taken it a step. The Terran system. Sector 001. Earth. Detroit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Detroit. <laughs> it, and it like each line is a different character you know right there's like <laughs> earth it cuts to Jordy, Detroit <laughs> your mom's house <laughs> oh lord oh lord so I guess that does it for episode one yeah what do you do you want to give this one its own amount of saucer steps yeah sure we can give it we can give it saucer steps um i we'll say um Oh, okay, go ahead. No, you go. No, you go. I would say I'm for right now I'm trying to think about if I liked the first half better than the second. And I think I did. And thus I think I would give this four point five. Hmm. Yeah. I I might be between four and four point five. You always are. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess I'll just agree with you on that. Goddamn. Better agree with me. Um, uh, there's there's no way, uh, by the way, that I'm sitting through the next episode without getting another drink. So oh, good. I'll just uh, douse myself in eye drops in the meantime. Yeah, just just keep putting those in, baby. Well, we're gonna take another break. We'll be back right after this, and we're back again. We are back again, baby. Got back. Guess who's back back again. So, we're going to talk about the best of both worlds again, part 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh I don't even know how this one begins.
0: Oh, right. right. So, yeah,
1: going into part 2, they the entire season 4, yeah. Um it's it's a new you know, political it's, it's, climate. It's the
0: the
1: the, the, uh, the the big cliffhanger uh, is going to be resolved and um there you know as we were talking about at the beginning here there was this this kind of big air of like anticipation and um no one really knew what was going to happen in the audience or on our side really and uh, i mean even up until the, the the very last day before shooting this episode um we we still hadn't gotten a firm grasp on where the story was even going. And just because of the pivotal nature here, how many changes could possibly happen? You know, who was going to stay, who was going to go, potentially. Um, We had a lot of different voices from kind of all over the place. You know, producers, writers, um, food suppliers. Of of course. Um, Everybody who mattered a lot of a lot of different voices lobbying for for different kinds of changes. So <clears throat> what Michael pillar did was he put out a, a little suggestion box mm. right And basically anyone anyone could throw in a little slip of paper with you know their suggestion on what to do because uh, even even like for him, I I know he struggled quite a bit with with where to take this episode, just so that it would live up to the the cliffhanger. Well, like all good uh, art, it was made by committee. Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and and I just so I want to read off some of the suggestions we didn't end up using that I that I do remember. Hmm. And so there was Q becomes the new captain. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> replace poker with mahjong. That's a and good idea. I one. think that I think that would have involved an episode where they slip permanently to another universe. Right. And it's the cat it's a jump cut to the other universe, and their cards are replaced by tiles just instantly. Yeah. <laughs> Jordy calls Roan. <laughs> <laughs> uh one that just said the USS Takachiho. It's a good concept. That. Um Oh, uh, and then there was there was a really good one, Kilmarina certus. Yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> oh, wow, the jig is up. Well, oh, I um, mean, it's the statute of limitations, or the statue. What? you are gonna stat me? So we we did have one suggestion though that um that we didn't use immediately, but we kept in our back pocket, which was uh, it said get that little shit will off my set. Hmm. I don't know who wrote that one, but a very prescient suggestion. I'm not sure, yeah. It was uh good for him though. Yeah. He's got to see his dreams become real. Yeah, which is more than a lot of people can say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, we uh we are into part 2 here. It starts off with something. They they had the last episode ended with Riker commanding to fire on the ship, and now we see the result of that, which is a big fat nothing burger. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's almost no real direct continuity here, right? No, 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 no. There is it. it <laughs> is there? It, it. The scene literally just continues from where it ended in the previous. Oh. Episode. Oh, does it? Yeah. Right. Re- ep- the last episode ends with Riker saying fire, and then the episode. This episode begins with I don't know, Jordy firing, and uh, oh doesn't do anything but it is in direct continuity okay maybe the the fact it didn't do anything through maybe you fell asleep i might have you hit play and immediately fell asleep (laughs) (laughs) oh it's because there's a recap at the beginning i uh, skipped that too i think don't you watch the do you have the ability to skip the recap yeah what do you fast forward on your vhs no it's a chapter on the disc Ah. Oh, I do want to note that there is a disclaimer for part one on the Blu-ray disc that said, this episode contains three seconds of SD footage that's been upscaled to HD. Interesting. Yeah. Wh- which part of the episode is Did that? Did you notice? No. It was on the battle bridge when Riker is talking. Oh, no, th- that's this episode, I guess. Okay. I think. It's on the battle bridge when, when Riker is talking to Laputus. There's there's a brief three seconds where it cuts to Riker and there's a like a small bit of footage that no one was ever able to find the original of, so it just looks like complete garbage. Interesting. Yeah, that must have really been great in the the theater going experience,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Now, do you think people got angry, or do you think they ate it up? I, I think they cheered.
0: <laughs> the, the
1: lost footage, <laughs> standard definition. <laughs> Oh, God. But how do they defuse the situation? Does, does the Borg cube just fly away? I guess. I think it just flies away. Because they got what they want. They got Picard. The yeah. So then, you know, there, there's a lot of deliberation talking, you know, a lot of let's develop more weapons. From hmm. Shelby and the the Admiral skypes in. <laughs> Excuse me. Zooms the Admiral in. skypes in and <laughs> uh, talks about how much he, he loves Picard. Right, and because he um ran a four hundred one k, yeah, right, right. That that one time, <laughs> and they they're getting they're getting together these plans for kind of like a last stand, right? Battle before the, the board cube reaches without um, the enterprise, 001. right? Because the, the enterprise is supposed to be kind of like their ace in the hole, right? Well, it's the flagship, so presumably it's the most powerful, <laughs> most well armed, yeah. No, that's not a joke. Why are you laughing? No, you know I, I thought I thought you were being like bitchy with me. No, no, no. Um, it's you're right. It's kind of their ace in the hole. it's their flagship, but make sure you add a smiley face at the end next time. <laughs> it's their flagship smiley face. Uh, um, yeah, it's their flagship. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the enterprise is not going to be able to make it. The engagement's going to occur before the enterprise can really get there. Just based on where it is and how the flagship, and how the Borg ship outraces them. At least they won't miss the marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Very nice. Thank you. Um, So, Shelby says, it's going to be difficult to defeat them with Picard aiding them. And the Admiral starts shitting himself. Violently, <laughs> sound effects and all. Yeah. <laughs> just, just sitting there, grimacing, rocking back and forth. <laughs> oh. So, I just pounding the desk. <laughs> everyone's kind of looking around at each other. <laughs> uh. Uh, every time they mention young Picard, I'm reminded of one of the TNG films where they show a picture of young Picard and he's just like uh. in the academy in college whatever. He's bald already. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. You, you'd think they'd be able to fix that in the future. Well, that, but also it's like, oh, I, I can't fathom Picard unless he's been <laughs> bald his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> which is also by the that is, way that is really funny when you spell it out like that it, it's also just a continuity error um, because in the series proper there's a a flashback episode of right. young Picard and he's uh, you know fully haired they should have made an animated series called young Picard <laughs> Picard babies <laughs> Star Trek babies Geordi's <laughs> <laughs> already blind Star Trek. I guess he was already blind. Star Trek babies, but they're like real babies. They can't communicate, talk, or do anything. He's got to roll around. <laughs> <laughs> Data's just left. <laughs> Data's a fully grown data, but he just hasn't learned anything about society yet. Yeah. <laughs> He'll he'll be like the caretaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. He's the main character. He's got to take care of these miscellaneous babies while not knowing anything <laughs> about humanity. Jordy, it is time for your feeding. <laughs> he just puts the food on the floor like like in a dog bowl or something. <laughs> he okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, they have diapers, and, like, one of them, you know, shits the diaper, or whatever. Data puts it on the table. Like, the camera's just looking up at him, at his face. He opens it, and his eyebrow just cocks as he's confronted with the, uh, the diaper load of shit.
0: <laughs> Tilts his head a little bit. Yeah.
1: Sorry, <laughs> right, what, what were we talking about? She's... <laughs> I'm sure for for whoever's listening to this that was like the most excruciating 5 minutes of their life. <laughs> oh shit. Um so they ha- conclude this meeting with the admiral and I think it's at this point that Riker promotes cuz Riker gets his field promotion. So I think he promotes yes. um Shelby to his first in command. Yeah. Yes. I uh, even Shelby just reminds me of like a Furby. I don't get that at all. I, I think a little bit of the Shell gas station, but that's just a little bit. The
0: Shell gas station.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait was, was it you and I talking about Shell trucks? <laughs> yeah, Hess trucks. Maybe <laughs> we Hess talk, trucks. Yeah. Maybe we talked about no, no, Shell we trucks. We, we, did a, we did a Shell truck bit, I think. Okay, well that was definitely us. Um, Alright, Anyway. Yeah, because we sang the Hess theme song. It's like, imagine it's the Shell. Yes. Been there. Done, done that, that. Done that. Done that. Been there. Been there. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, so Shelby gets promoted. They're in pursuit of the Borg Cube. They're hatching plans. Good lord. What? Okay, so... They, they. Here's here's kind of the pivotal moment, Riker's little strategy, his gambit, they, his gambit, not the X Men character, mind you, nor the chess maneuver. They. Uh, catch up with the Borg cube. They saucer set, mm. and he sends Worf and Data. On impulse, through the Borg shield, which I guess is how that works. They and. They like, create some kind of um, cloak, like they explode things around the ship. Too. Oh, yeah, 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 so they can't like sense certain things. Right, and then slowing the impulse, or cutting the engines, whatever it is, uh, masks their uh, signal further. Right. So they go, and they're trying to ex- extricate Picard once again. And through sheer tyranny of will, they succeed this time. I guess... I do want to point out that uh, this is our our first, the first time we see a shuttle transporter, which I feel definitely contradicts something before this. Well, thank God they retconned it because shuttle tra- shuttle shuttle transporters oh, tra- <laughs> become a key device in basically every other series of Star Trek. Wait until you hear oh. what a runabout is. No, no, just wait. like a roundabout. Um, not really. It's not a song at all. It's, um... It's like a big shuttle. Runabout Sue. Very nice. And, and the Sues in Katakana. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, they get like, you just take him aboard, take him to sickbay. Right. He does a little Borg thing. It's at this point, he, he we see him cry to show his humanity, right? There's like a... Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a single... St- Tear, single CG tear running down Picard's face, and that had to be added in post. I remember, you know, when we were trying to get induced crying in Patrick, he just said that men are incapable of crying. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who knew? And and we really tried to induce it. Yeah, it was um, poked and prodded. The emotional trauma. We brought that up. Just kept talking about his lack of hair. <laughs> I think. This character would never, ever have sex. I think Frakes came up and just said, You get no bitches. (laughs) (laughs) You get
0: no bitches.
1: (laughs) Which really took Patrick. He was taken aback, really. It took him back. It took him back to the past. Saying, All right, Frakes. And, uh. Anyway, we had to add it in post. You can tell it looks pretty awkward. Uh, it looks weird it does um which now it's like okay well picard's a cry baby he's not fit to be the captain anymore mm-hmm. that's what i took from it yeah so really shelby should be the captain yeah that's a bold new direction for the series now that that's what they should have done Riker's still the first officer completely emasculated it's like all right you wanted to stay on the enterprise I know. <laughs> oh christ this is this is uh, venturing into fetish territory. I <laughs> <laughs> when has we, we've never made um fetish-based projections for Star Trek bits before. Never, especially not with the feeder feedy re- relationship of Picard and Data in the, <laughs> the end of Picard season 1. I, I think every episode we come up with a new erotic fan <laughs> fiction. <fish. laughs> Engorged love bud. Okay, I was thinking about that the other day while I was eating, and I almost <laughs> threw up. Wow, look at you, strong man, and able to hold it in. <laughs> uh, by the way, I posted it the other day. Posted what the other day? You remember we were talking about I the so we always anybody who's not part of the Patreon, we always take a video feed of us recording the podcast, and I. Posted mm-hmm. the footage of the vomiting oh, right. as its own clip, <laughs> right. so got that yeah. taken care of. That second tier, yeah. content. yes, yes, yes. Uh, I blew my lunch. I lost my cookies. Mm. It was a, uh, it was, it was a spectacle. It was nice, nice color to it. Well, you got your poncho now, so should it happen again, mm. it's all yeah, safe. I'm, I'm covered head to toe. You sit in the splash zone. That's your problem. What is this? A Nickelodeon game show? Uh, it's more of a SeaWorld. <laughs> Just... a game show where where contestants compete to not be thrown up on. <laughs> Dodge the vom. I went to uh... I went to a, a an aquarium once that had like a dolphin show. Okay, and how does this relate to Star Trek? <laughs> we were talking about the splash zone. I know, I know. Continue. There are dolphins in Star Trek. Uh yeah, there was space dolphins in the fourth movie. Is that? Something right? like that. Yeah. Um, there there were whales in the fourth movie. Oh, right? that's it. A... But um I, I was sitting in like the 5th or 6th row and and directly in in front of me like like you know like uh, uh in, in my my linear View, uh huh. Um, down, maybe in the third row was was a woman, and you know her family and whatever. And obviously, if you're sitting in the third row, the dolphins are gonna splash you. And they did. And I I couldn't watch the dolphins because the entire time I was just watching her because every time they splashed her, she would act like it was the first time. Just completely like shocked. She, like she had forgotten. Yeah, like she'd forgotten that they splashed her the, the like just t- ten seconds ago. <laughs> uh, and uh i mean i guess i guess it's, it's not the most interesting story in the world but it still bothers me to this day i have a a story of being flummoxed at a at a sea world i went to yeah it's it's like wait, wait why why the why first of all why are you in front second of all why do you keep being surprised how dare you maybe maybe she just liked the the surprise of it and wanted to prolong the moment <laughs> Um, but I was at a SeaWorld once and I explicitly wanted to sit in the splash zone. I wanted to be splashed. I was a kid. Yeah. And I got it right up there, first or second oh, yeah. row. And this is the whales. Yeah. Like, those are big, big guys. Right? Mm-hmm. So I am sitting there and I'm like, a kid. And I'm like, yeah, gonna get splashed. I'm gonna get wet. It's a hot day. I'm here. Just lay it on me, whale. Didn't get splashed the whole time. I was s- sitting there seething as you would splash another <laughs> another section of the splash zone. Yeah, it's absolutely seething in jealousy. That's uh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, dude, I love getting splashed. Right, it's it's one of life's simple pleasures. Watching the slave dolphins work for me, cool me down. It's the, the closest thing we have to like being like a, like an ancient Greek with emperor. people fanning you. Yeah, people <laughs> feeding you grapes. I um, people come up to me and they're like, "You know, those dolphins are going to spend their whole lives in those tanks," and I'm just like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> I can watch them whenever I want." I, I watch blackfish, so now now I, now I now I now I get mad about. Is that a documentary? Whales being in captivity? Yeah. I watch stockfish, so now I just get mad at my own moves nice thank nice. you thank you Th- took me a minute to remember what that was <laughs> kind of um, <laughs> all of our interactions here <laughs> took me a minute to figure out what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about so they have Lacutus. right and they um get them into medical and just the most stilted interactions which i guess is intentional because borg you know right <laughs> And you know Picard just standing there, looking straight on, uh, inflexible, not really moving very much. Kind of does the does the data thing, which mm. kind of highlights that Brent is good at that because uh, Picard is not. Yeah, right, right. Just like well, like, I, I don't think he did a terrible job. Not but a terrible. Definitely not not Brent's level. The mood of it was not like um oh alien presence uncomfortable awkward it was more of just it was almost s- comical yeah comical stilted like 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 they they have this borg and you do like they're just giving him like little pats on the head like okay honey <laughs> all he's, right he's talking to Worf. He's like, uh, yeah i thought that was funny his conversation what? with war i i thought it was a little trite uh in in the way that um he's like oh we're we're trying to improve the lives of all species and it's like you can't just be evil <laughs> you know uh, it was the Borg need to have some complex motive now something about how plainly stated it was I found funny where uh I forget exactly what it is he looks at Worf's like Klingon uh mm. honor you will be <laughs> assimilated you <laughs> like, too will be assimilated right it's like alright yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile Worf is towering over him well now he's got a hook hand right right <laughs> Nothing you can do about that. I am Captain Hook of Borg. (laughs) A real Spielberg influence, the Hook. (laughs) Do you know uh, part of that prop when they pull it off on the episode? You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that later became, that same prop later became one of the puppets on... I gotta read this. Um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 huh now i don't i don't know what that is but I know that's true mm. so interesting a little piece of trivia for you well you know I'm sure one of the ensigns out there knows what whatever that is yeah mystery theater three thousand um, mystery mis- science mystery theater right uh, must be a sci-fi show which makes sense star trek sci-fi come for the mystery stay for the theater theater the Ada. So I guess the, uh, the, what, the whole point of Riker even recapturing Locutus, you, you, you kind of, at the beginning, you kind of think like, oh, he's just being emotional wants to get the card back. But the real point, I guess, was so they could extract some, you know, some information from him, anything that would help them, uh, you know, beat the cube. Right. And um, data is ultimately the one who who does this. I mean, which, I, I guess before this, um, the admiral phones in and says, "Oh, we all died," and then he explodes, which is great. Yeah, we like that. He he had his pants all covered in poo poo, and he died that way. Stinky ship. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that's what that's what he would habitually say when he was in the chair. He would just, he would just start shitting himself and look around, and say, "Stinky ship, stinky ship." An <laughs> ambassador of some sort would come on board. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, it's such a stinky ship. <laughs> the the amount the amount of poop humor. On this podcast, this is just it's it's unacceptable. How how old are we? Like eighties, <laughs> seventies. <I know. laughs> <laughs> um, good goodness gracious. Just I don't I don't know when. Ag- you, timeline agnostic, but did you notice that Riker says "stand bying" instead of "standing by" in this stand bying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, uh it wasn't a one time thing. Every single take. He made that mistake, but um, I don't think anyone really corrected him. It was just kind of cute. I, uh, uh, <laughs> There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit like, oh, it's kind of the, the futility of it. Right. Like, what are you going to do? You can, you can lead Frakes to water, but you can't make him drink. No. Which I've often tried to do after a night out. Like, John, John, <laughs> you got to drink some water. And he just like <laughs> splashes it in my face. Like, Here's your splash zone, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> oh Frakes He was a good friend. Terrible friend. Jonathan Freaking Warrior. <laughs> He's in um Oh god, what is I'm trying to remember the name of Klingon Heaven. Oh, go. Something like that. What is the name of Klingon Heaven? Stovakor. Stovakor. Right. Uh I like this from the wiki stovacore or stovacore in the Klingon language. <laughs> well you're not pronouncing it right. That's no? why. Ah uh, I see. Yeah. It's it's like it's like it's like people pronouncing it uh Harry Carrie. Ah. Now is that the one where if you look in the mirror and say that three times? <laughs> <laughs> Harry Carey. <laughs> yeah, Harry Carey <laughs> shows up. Ah, she's so hairy! Ah! <laughs> And then guts you, right? Like the uh, the berserk character. <laughs> not even, not even funny. <laughs> All right, how about Literally this? Literally, just the, the bottom of the barrel word association. The, the college that he graduated from guts you. <laughs> Slightly better, but. Is Guts you being raped by a giant black eye as a child? Oh, lord. I thought that was a horse. No, the horse raped someone else. I see, I see. Uh, you gotta get your Berserk lore straight. Do I? Well, the man's dead. Mr. Berserk? Respect. Yeah, Mr. Berserk died. What's his name? Junji Ito? Kentaro Miura. <laughs> oh, I see. I was close his his friend actually wrote or drew drew a manga about uh you know going to his funeral and stuff mhm and i read it and i was like i cannot wait to do this with you to draw a manga about attending manga my about funeral going to your funeral <laughs> now did he depict um guts and the horse and every berserk character <laughs> ever sitting in attendance <laughs> Like when Iwata died, everyone yes. every Nintendo autist made like pictures of Mario crying. Right. Like right, very right. crudely drawn. No, he did not do that, but <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm sure that picture exists somewhere, including the horse. <laughs> the rape horse is just crying. Me listing all the berserk characters I know. <laughs> Guts the horse <laughs> done. <laughs> Griffith. I mean, the woman who was raped by the horse. That's another one. (laughs) What about the little fairy? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. You would think a little fairy is unrapeable, given the the size of the generalized genitalia. No one raped the fairy. Alright, good for her. Very stark contrast to real life. The horse reminds me of uh, that Bloodborne DLC guy. Yeah, L- Ludwig, L- Ludwig. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's literally just a one-to-one. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that, right? In in those series, taking from Berserk. Yeah. I say this knowing nothing of Berserk.
0: <laughs>
1: I know <laughs> there's, they say? there's a big sword and there's a horse. And those <laughs> two were combined for this guy. <laughs> oh, shit. What are we even talking about? Berserk? Okay, yeah. So Data data brings um, Locutus into LOL's birthing chamber. Right. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> data, I didn't uh, know we had this room on the Enterprise. Uh, yes, this is where I birthed Lol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Speaking of timeline agnostic, I forgot, to, I forgot to mention, Worf has an odd line here uh-huh. that never gets really followed up on. Um, at least in canon, where he detects, he says, he he detects uh, an unusually strong eddy currents. Right, right. Now, I I think we followed up on this in Apocrypha, right? Yeah, in Apocrypha, yeah, but not not in the canon. So, um, yeah, uh, eddy currents was, you know, he's kind of a cosmic being, supposedly, right? Right. And, uh... It was something that I guess Michael had in his back pocket as <clears throat> some way to resolve this issue. Because, I mean, you think of, like, Q. If he showed up and snapped his fingers, the, the board I, would be gone. I like to think so, that Eddie Currents is like the silver surfer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he kind of just flew through space. Right, and he's kind of... Uh, maybe he's the, the servant of a greater power, but while powerful himself, not, not quite on Q's level. Right. So there's there's, I think, going to be some kind of conflict... Between Eddie Currents and um, the, the Borg Cube itself, mm. and, and he would have helped, you know, with the the maybe the saucer Sep thing and you know whatever. But um, w- yeah, we, we did. He did end up getting a book. Yeah, the the Eddie Currents uh, book. I think that came out a couple years after the Battle of Beta Z. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I think I think in in terms of the timeline, it's it is actually after that. Do too. you remember? Do you remember the name of it? I think it, um, I think it was Low Tide. Low Tide. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, uh, definitely be on the lookout for that one. That's a classic. Right. A lot of these it's books... A little hard to find nowadays. ...have real value to them. Uh, monetary value. If you're able to yeah. find them. First editions. Right. And Low Currents. Low Tide. Definitely one of them low currents <laughs> um, yeah okay so so data brings uh lacutus into Lal's birthing chamber right um, you, you which again sounds like erotic fan fiction yeah <laughs> <laughs> data having a child sounds like erotic fan fiction oh god I wish it was then we wouldn't have had that episode so you liked that episode I did i I, I did so um so we have we have Data Crusher Troy, who actually sees she does get something to do. She can sense when Picard is coming to, um, which is more than she's probably ever done. I mean, if you say this took his and... pants off, that'd be really easy to tell.
0: <laughs>
1: coming to. <laughs> and um, we have O'Brien, which might strike someone as, as odd that O'Brien is here in this, uh, this climactic scene, right? But uh, LeVar was actually in the hospital at the time. So it it was originally going to be Jordy there. But um yeah, last minute, last minute we put O'Brien there. Uh and and it was actually kind of for his own good, I think, for for Colm's own good. I mean, I think this was the episode that really rocketed him to stardom, don't you think? Yeah, I can say that had this episode never happened, uh he would not have been on Deep Space 9. Yeah, I don't think so. Cuz um, I mean, like we were saying before, the, the hype around this set of episodes was so big that it was a lot of people's first real exposure to the series. And we we ended up garnering a, a pretty sizable demographic of women who, they started to become repeat watchers just to catch a glimpse of, um. well, one piece of fan mail called it uh, O'Brien's Raw Animal Masculinity. Yeah, once Colm got wind of that, it was... Forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we couldn't really, we couldn't have that. So I think this was probably the biggest factor in the writers deciding to give him an Asian wife.
0: Mm, mm. You know,
1: scare off the uh, the white women. It, it induced a lot of seething, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of a good couple months of hate mail after that. But, you know. What can you do? What can you do? They just make the best wives. Happy wives, happy lives. Which is to say that for every wife you get, you attain one additional lifetime. Well, when, they're Asian, it's, it's, when they're Asian, it's it's happy wife, happy rife. My life is rife with wives. Wow, the word association—that's that's that's almost haikuish. Wow, like the volleyball show? <laughs> I fucking hate you. Oh, God. Um, He just can't help himself. I need to see a specialist. <laughs> it's only a matter of time until I'm locked in a padded room. Just... <laughs> doing word association with yourself? Spouting non-sequiturs. Like, every so often in... in, in um. An orderly comes by and just like mutters a word through the window, and I'm just off for hours. (laughs) (laughs) He he comes by, okay, okay, uh, Mister Mel's. Here's your lunch. Lunch. I got a hunch that there's a bunch of nuts crunch inside of you know forever. Just (laughs) (laughs) you just don't shut the fuck up for hours. (laughs) I uh, I think this is how beat poetry was invented. (laughs) <laughs> just just completely <laughs> mentally retarded people Yes Just breaking out of institutions and Muttering on the streets until people That sounds, sounds about right <laughs> Those are the kind of people who go to Beat poetry sessions <laughs> Yeah, I always thought that Beets were the most um, You know, linguistic of the vegetables mm-hmm. Yeah Poetry about beets, okay I was picturing Beats doing poetry, you know. Oh, like you put a microphone in front of a Beat. That's a little more inspired, actually. I like that little beret. (laughs) Beating a beret, beating beret, beat beret. It's like a children's cartoon series. Yeah, that's that is kind of a uh, like a children's beret, right? Yeah, it's got like little sunglasses and a pair of bongos. Mm My image is um it's like 5 minute very short episodes of the uh so the beats on a stool it's got the boy You already got the fucking sunglasses and uh, bongos and it doesn't move or say anything <laughs> but people come up to it and start reacting as if it's talking and uh-huh. um you know they uh, have various reactions to his poetry maybe they throw a dollar into the can that's <laughs> on the ground maybe they uh start kind of debating it and they like respond to the beat the camera cuts up to the beat it's just silent of course doesn't move cuts back right. to the person they they respond again goes back and forth and then the episode ends and uh, do it again next time Wait well, for a kid show it's like a reversal of like a door of the explorer episode where That's... she asks the kid a question yes. The kid just sits there eyes glazed over and, and then she pretends like the kid responded see this is a bit more heady because you can project anything you want onto the beat yeah <laughs> I don't know about episode 3, man. That was kind of racist shit. Uh, the uh the the music that bookends it is just, you know, the bongos, bongo bongo going. It like not even good. Right. Maybe some snapping in the background. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: The beat with the beret. <laughs> Fund it, baby. <laughs> Uh, okay let's uh let's 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 wrap this um you don't want to push for three hours <laughs> no i don't uh, uh so data accesses the borg network through lacutis well, right 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 he's he's hooks up his positronic brain to locutus um and picard mutters sleep Yeah. In a moment that would influence Sam Raimi for years to come. (laughs) Sleep. (laughs) Sleep. And I I think that the the leap of logic to oh I have to access their sleeping protocols, which is fine, but then Troy's like, Oh, he's so tired. Picard's so <laughs> tired; he must <laughs> want to sleep. <laughs> Troy is an absolute idiot. Goddamn. But uh, yeah, this is this is also, by the way, like we're counting down the seconds before the the cube destroys the Enterprise. Here, is it the Enterprise or is it like Earth? Well, both but right now it's attacking the enterprise wait earth is that in the terran system yeah it's in sector 001 i see (laughs) detroit uh yeah so so basically i guess the logic is that data shuts down data forces them to go into recovery mode right which is an unprotected subsystem yep unlike their weapons or whatever which is bizarre yes to begin with and then and then that causes the the, the cube to just explode <laughs> <laughs> we've successfully murdered millions um which i i don't they 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 go they have an away party go to the the cube and they're like uh, the, the 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 feedback it's, feed, it's like feedback looping into itself it's like okay and i'm sure that makes sense in some universe <laughs> it explodes and then picard is uh he's like i still have metal on my face when i'm in the yeah he does room. have metal on his face just to show that he's in recovery yeah i think there were going to be bigger plans actually for like um kind of like repairing picard like they're I think I think they were gonna actually like have to regrow his arm or something and it would have been like a different color. Right. But Patrick wasn't willing to get the surgery. No, no. No. Yeah, hey, Michael Jackson hadn't really been a thing yet, so Right. Not Michael Jackson, not C three PO or Big Boss. Um right. the whole arm of a different color trope <laughs> had yet to be born. Uh one of our rare yeah, attempts so... to pioneer something that failed. Right, right. It's a shame. But we we end up back at the status quo, which is very convenient. <laughs> you know, I never thought about that. That is pretty convenient. Yeah. What luck. <laughs> what luck. I really thought that we had, you know, written ourselves in, into a corner here. But here we are. Captain Cap- Picard. Commander of the USS Rager. Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And Shelby is USS shunted Uterus. off to never be seen again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I love my best friends on the Enterprise. And yeah, everyone made nice. Shelby doesn't hate Riker anymore. They respect each other. Um, they made nice nice. Nice nice. There is like one somber moment with Picard at the end. I don't really remember the specifics of it. He's like alone in yeah, the Yeah, I mean, he gets up and looks out the window, contemplating his... Mortality or something. Some gay shit like that. Gay shit. Um he still has metal on his face. Yeah, he's got metal on his face. He's in recovery. Metalhead Picard. That's what I always they like to call kept, him. They should've they should have <laughs> just kept that for the whole series. Force Patrick to do makeup. Extensive makeup every every time. It's not that extent it's a staple a piece of metal to his face. Staple. <laughs> His bald head. It, it's like there's so little attention to detail. The metal is on a different spot every every few every, scenes. Yeah, that that probably would be the case. Which is probably why they, they thought about it for a second. They were like, nah. I remember somebody really took memos on how many ridges Worf's forehead had, just to make sure that was right every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know the answer? I, you know. Uh No. Well, it's rude to ask a Klingon his ridges, so... Oh, okay. (laughs) So I would never. Thanks. Thanks for that that bait and switch. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's no Klingons here right now, so it's all cool, as long as no one's listening. Well, thank you for educating me. Yeah. Usually, you have to educate yourself. Right, 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 because you have no obligation to educate me. No, Uh, no, no. You don't need to expend your emotional energy. Not unless you pay me. Fuck you, pay me. To educate right, you, right, right, right. Uh, here's here's my my pay, my PayPal, my Venmo, my Cash my app. coffee. Yeah, use my kofeffi. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> despite end ending up back at the status quo, this this the way we got there, I think, was pretty satisfying. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I wasn't so gripped by the the final resolution of the ticking clock and. Data trying to get through the Picard. Not that it was bad, but I just like it a little less than the first episode. I, I would give this one four yeah. saucer seps. To that one's four point five, averaging a yeah, four point two five saucer seps. Wow, I liked I liked the 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 scene itself of Data like connecting to Picard and stuff like that, but um, the explanation for how the cube blew up is just beyond me. Right, it's difficult to write. Um, it's just difficult to write anything, but, um, uh, you know, a a foe as capable as the Borg and any plausible way of defeating them. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a tough one for sure. So it's like I, I don't I don't blame it too much, but yeah, it's a little weird. But, but yeah, I'd say four. Yeah, a lot of it is um, secondary, I guess. It's. Yeah, sure. It's not the point. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Riker still has his emotional arc. Picard will presumably have his in the next episode. Presumably. Right. Where um, the, Which was under the working title The Best of All Three Worlds to establish it more in line as a trilogy. But we couldn't think of a third world, so that had to get scrapped. <laughs> I mean, none of us had ever been to a third world, so... <laughs> right. We, I we, mean... We tend to st- and stay we were, away from the rabble. We were worried that people would think that we were dunking on france really as uh, mm, right yes so we didn't want to stir up international troubles you know on on memory alpha i'm looking right now memory alpha it says uh ark the best of both worlds Um, uh, one of three ah well there we go because so i guess it say, i guess it really is an arc. does it say anything about ark the herald angels sing No. Was that, like an, an Ark the Lad sequel? <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. Hark. Imagine walking up to someone just being like, Hark! <laughs> what do you mean, imagine? That's, that's how I order my coffee. That's, that's what you do. <laughs> hark. One coffee. And by the time I say Hark, they, they, you know, they're used to me. They know who it is. They, they, they start cowering. Yeah, they're like, all right, all right, fifty percent milk, five sugars, got it. Oh, please, Mister Monks, don't hurt me, Mister Monks. Who's that? Oh, Mister Mel's. Right there we I, go. I've been watching. I've been watching Monk. I like Monk a lot. I uh, like okay. Monk a lot. That's uh, one of the Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> Monks are Monk a lot. <laughs> um. I haven't watched Monk in 15 years, but I do remember liking it. My favorite thing about Monk is the... the theme song? The p- no. Oh, damn. I thought we were going to Randy Newman. Okay, go on. The picture of the box sets? <laughs> yeah, that is good. <laughs> Isn't there, like... Doesn't TNG have something similar, but it's just not intentional? Uh, I remember I seeing a picture so. recently of something else where all but one of the DVD box sets followed a trend maybe you like sometimes there's like the uh no no these look the same sometimes it'll be like an issue with like the the distributor logo being different or Hmm. yeah no no I... that, that, that even the slightest thing bothers the shit out of me well then you relate to um monk a lot i relate to monk yeah now thelonious monk who? That's a... It's a jazz cat. We've had this conversation before. Bullsh... No, we haven't. You think I'm a liar? I... I, I can't shake the feeling we have. More feeling than you can shake a stick at. The word association again. Uh... I'm going insane! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me give you your trivia. Alright, that'll calm me down. Um... You're going to love this one. Oh, hell yeah. A sequel to this episode uh was made in of course comic book form in 1993 um brought to you by DC. Okay? They, and they make um, my favorite guys. Yeah, they do. They do. They make Batman and Iron Man, Batwoman, Iron Woman. Bat Iron deficiency. bat deficiency uh so god um yeah so my question is what is the name of the series the comic book series that's a sequel to this yeah, it's a series of four issues. <sighs> the worst of both worlds. I, yeah. I, but no way. No way. Been. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so bad. That's so bad. I told you you'd love that one. Holy I knew shit. it. Oh shit. <laughs> so the most ridiculous thing you could think of. I was, I was, I was in the middle of saying, no, that's not my guess. That's too stupid, and you just. <laughs> I, oh my god! <laughs> Just imagine you—you're you, floating through, you're rolling through the comic book shop with your, uh, your my other car is a, is a USS Enterprise T-shirt tucked into your fucking cargo shorts, and you—you you, your frame shadows over the new release wall, but through the darkness you can make out. The worst of both worlds, and you do a double take. And, is this is is, is, is this a, a, a sequel? Best of <laughs> you pick it up, and the, <laughs> the clerk shouts, "No reading in the store!" And you like look back and forth. Like I gotta buy this, you know. You, you go and you put, slam down a fistful of crumpled bills and just run out. A fistful of datas. A fistful of datas. You pull it out of the cellophane right in the parking lot and start flipping through it, and you know the rest is history just the type of person (laughs) who'd be right yeah 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 oh that's such a good name oh oh. (laughs) the The board board oh this was reprinted in the best of the board collection i might have to pick that up see what it's like surprised they didn't call it the worst of the board collection (laughs) uh this 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 story takes place not long after the events of the episode the quality of life Nothing's coming to mind. I was actually, like, somewhat disappointed I didn't have a, uh, oh, the quality of life's really bad when it's this shitty, you know, yeah, some, right, some kind right, of stupid right. joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Must... Uh, I guess uh, yeah. The, the The point is Ensign Rowe is in, though. Oh, we like that. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, it's a book. It's not the actress, right? I can't, can't jack off right. to it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> she, she doesn't, she doesn't, like, come bounding out of the pages right into your into your living room <laughs> like some kind of um erotic chalk zone <laughs> <laughs> never say that again <laughs> yeah let me, let me google that real quick erotic chalk zone that sounds like a good prompt to put in the dolly <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that as we close out We are going to be putting that into Dolly. All right. We'll post the the results of Erotic Chalk Zone on our Patreon feed. Uh, Before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Denny's, home of the Grand Slam, Moons Over Miami, and the Pep Boys, home of the 15-minute oil change. If you drop the phrase readier, I guess it's more of a word, if you drop the word readier at either of these establishments while completing your order, you will get a 15% off discount. If you would like to have your business featured on The readier Room, uh, please email at the room business at gmail.com. Um, that is an at sign at the beginning of that uh, email address. And um, we'll discuss terms. For now, that's going to be it for this episode. A, a Goliath two-parter. I bid you the fairest farewells alongside a wish to join us next time where we conclude... The best of both worlds trilogy. With the best of the best of both worlds trilogy. For Brandon Hobbs, I'm Mitchell Mills, and until I see you again, please, those at home, stay ready. The troublesome little
0: man child.
1: I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Answer. Engage. But I stroke the beard. Dustin. Do I not appear more... intellectual? Computer! Freeze program. Have you never dreamed of climbing inside the bottle?